Bougainville, where no one sleeps deeply. The pillows are bad and the sheets are made cheaply. But there is one family in the Sleepyville town that uses my pillow for the best sleep around. My pillows are adjustable for proper alignment, and the Giza sheets breathe so they feel no confinement. So order my pillow for great sleep refinement. Why are they so chipper? Their co-workers wondered. So much energy and zest, like they've had the best slumber. And when they peeked in the window, the secret was clear. My pillow sheets, pillows, and mattress toppers appeared. My pillow is breathable and lasts more than 10 years. It's washable and dryable and was manufactured right here. Giza cotton is what makes the softest of sheets, and the mattress topper helps support pressure points for deep, dreamy sleep. So click the link below to stop counting sheep. We want my pillow! The citizens of Sleepyville cried, but they didn't realize the family had a surprise inside. They were all given a my pillow to keep. We spent a third of our life snoozing, so let's make it quality sleep. I got towels too. And mine are blue. So welcome to my pillowville where everyone sleeps on the pillows that align and the softest of sheets. With the support of the mattress topper, the people snooze deep and wake up well rested and their deadlines they keep. So if your bed feels like rocks and your sheets feel like Brillo, you need better sleep, which means you need my pillow. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, click the button. I'm tired of rhyming, so please click it and save me. Please, I can't rhyme anymore. Just click that link. Stop watching this and click the link to get the best sleep of your life. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. No point of reference You spoke to the dark And fleshed out the wonder of life And as you speak A hundred billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath The planet and if the stars were made to worship so light I can see your heart in everything you made 
And welcome back, folks. Wow. To another wow. edition of the Patriot Party podcast. Where are we? I have no idea. This is a uh, great. This is what happens when you don't check your stuff before you go live. <laughs> you go ahead and you can talk up your incoming guest. Fantastic. Well, you try and fix the camera here. Yes. Because that's a, a, a little bit of an issue. So you guys know I've been talking about this all week. In fact, I keep getting it mixed up. Like I've been so excited about it that um, I, I thought she was coming on last week. And then I thought she was coming on yesterday uh, because that's that's how excited I am. So um Y'all, y'all know that uh, we've been since we moved into this new place um, with like three acres. We've been doing a lot of our own food and and stuff like that. Um, and we're just learning as we go, right? Because I, I, I mean, I've been learning by reading books, but reading books and t- actually doing is completely different things. And of course, you know, food shortages are insane um, and prices are crazy and it's not going to get any better. So we have this amazing guest coming on with us today, uh, Sandra Hicks, Sandra Martin Hicks. Um, So she's got the, she's the founder of the Heartstone Network and they use media as a tool to teach people across the world how to grow their own food. Uh, So she um, has a movement called Victory Gardens for Life. It started in 2021 um, with uh, lifelong farmer Fred Billings through the Hearthstone Network. So we are so excited to have Sandra on. As soon as we get our camera fixed, um, then uh, yeah, that, that'll be great. Can we bring her on? Yeah, we can absolutely bring yeah, her bring, on. Yeah, bring her on anyway so that at least people can see her while we try and, and work on on this camera here. Whoop. Yep. There we go. How you doing? Hey, the solo act today. Hey, I, it will be. So well, that's okay. It's not necessarily solo. I'm just trying to dance uh, like uh, good monkeys are supposed to. And she put me in <laughs> she said, monkey dance and I'm dancing. Yeah. Dance well, it, baby. We're working on it. Working on it. So, um, all right. So, uh, so tell us a, a bit about yourself, Sandra. Uh, what led you to do what what you're doing? What led me to do? Well, let's see. I've been a filmmaker for nearly 40 years. And I was working on a film. In fact, you, there's the movie poster behind me. You see it says, Walk With Me? Yeah. I was in Uganda working on a, this incredible story. In fact, In fact, we're up for most inspirational film at the International Christian Film Festival next week in Orlando with that one. And while it was there, one of the places we went to shoot was in a refugee camp up north in Uganda. And while I was there, I saw uh, starvation. It was, it was so pitiful because these poor pitiful people had been, you know, they had to run for the, for their lives just with clothes on their back during the South Sudanese uh, civil war. And they're in this refugee camp and they want to work, but they can't work because nobody's going to hire them, et cetera. And then, um, uh, oh, I just noticed we're plugging my computer so I don't go out on you. They were, the UN was giving each person a cup of rice and a cup of beans. And that was supposed to last, uh, and that was supposed to last a week or two. And I mean, how insane that would last you and I for maybe one day, maybe Maybe. Maybe. we were fasting, you know what I mean? And I, I just couldn't stand it. I thought this is just, we got to do something about this. So I came home, this was in January of 2020, and I came home and I called Fred and I said, Fred, can you teach people how to grow food? (laughs) 
And he said, yes. And I said, we got to go to Africa. We got to teach these people in refugee camps how to grow food because they can't be dependent on the UN. We've got to teach them how to grow and be sufficient themselves. And can you teach them how to grow food in the dry season and the rainy season? He says, yes. I said, all right, we're going to go. So we started making a plan to go. And then COVID, bang, here comes COVID and we can't travel. Well, I'm a, I don't take no for an answer kind of girl. So I'm blessed to live out on eight acres. And I said, you know, I've gardened myself for 20 years. And I said, we're going to put in a big garden out here. So we put in a 10,000 square foot plus garden. And the idea would be that we would grow the food and I would film it each week so that we could create these little short videos to send over to third world countries to teach them how to grow food because they may not have smartphones, but they all, everybody has cell phones all over the world and they, they stream, you know, they can get data. So they watch these little videos and that's what we were going to do. So we started to work on that and then everything broke loose, started breaking loose around the world. And we started seeing what was coming and that we were going to have a global food crisis. Now I'm not saying that in the United States, we're going to starve. But I'm telling you, in places like Africa, there's already many places that 50% of the people are food insecure because places over there depend on the breadbasket, which is Ukraine and Russia. And Ukraine puts out 4 million tons of grains every year. And that's not going to happen this year. And Russia's not getting anything out. So you can see there's going to be a problem. But even in our country, we have supply chain issues. And even now, fertilizer prices, I talked to a farmer last night and fertilizer prices are 300% what they were before. There's a shortage of corn seed because of the drought last year. So the USDA is already estimating that this year farmers planted 4 million fewer acres of corn. So you don't have to be real smart to know we are going to have shortages in this country. Now that may mean you can't go get corn products or corn on the cob or whatever. Like I said, we're not going to starve. However, our earnings are not going up 30 and 40% and food has already gone up 30, 40%. Some and, of this is because China is hoarding food. And we, people real also don't realize, I, I mentioned this before as well, but you know, corn, it's not just the food that we eat, but it's also all the farmers. Goodness. That's what they feed their animals. Yeah. And if they can't feed their animals, then they're just going to slaughter yeah. them. So and, uh, rather than watch them starve and we might see the price of, you know, beef go down for a little bit while we have a surplus as they're slaughtering their, their cattle because they can't afford to feed them, but then we're not going to have beef for. Yeah. They're, they're switching over to, to soybean because soybean doesn't need fertilizer. It just needs chemical pesticides to kill bugs. You know, well, that's not good for the animals or yeah. for us that are then yeah. eating them. And have you also read that the railways are cutting back? I think they have labor issues. So they've told the people, they that make fertilizer and deaf diesel emission fuel that you have to cut back 20% or we're going to cut you off totally. Yep. So that means the fertilizer we do have in the deaf is stocked is stacked up and can't get to farmers. Well, the deaf that's what runs your tractors, your combines and everything else. So I'm like, man, if they've got to cut something back, why don't they cut back Nike shoes or something that they're shipping? I mean, why do we have to cut back uh, what's going on with our farmers, but the farmers can't afford, even if they had it, they can't afford to, to grow what they grew before because of the 300% increase. And then you've got the increase in fuel. So our yield is going to be down. Our country is going to yield. The farmers are going to put out less food this year. It's, it's just a fact, but Absolutely. the prices, like I was saying is China is hoarding food 
And the, the government, our United States government estimated that before the end of this first season of growing, which is coming up pretty soon, that China will have 69% of the world's corn and 60% of the world's rice and 51% of the world's wheat. Now, they already have enough for their people to feed, but then there's a world food reserve. And I'm talking about the percentage they have is going to be of the world's food reserve. And that's part of the reason why the prices started jumping up. But we have to be able to take care of ourselves. And you know what? Let me give you the economics. If you don't believe there's a problem, let's just talk economics. It costs one penny to grow a head of lettuce. And lettuce sells for, you know, buck 89. That's with the chemicals. Now, if you want organic lettuce, you're talking what? 250. Okay. Well, all of our stuff is organic and chemical free. Cucumbers. Cucumber seed costs like, I think, 0.29 cents a seed, and it will yield 15 cucumbers. Now let's talk tomato. Tomato seed is 10 cents. One tomato seed will grow one tomato plant. And if you grow cherry tomatoes, that will yield about 300 cherry tomatoes. If you're growing slicers, you're going to get about 40 pounds of tomatoes for 10 cents. Uh, yeah. I've got and it's uh, chemical free. It's organic. And the taste is way off the chart compared to grocery store. It's it's it, you can't even compare it. Like my, my youngest uh, refused to eat salad for the longest time. Just refused, just flat out refused. Nope, not doing it. And then we started growing our own greens and, you know, we've got romaine and butter crunch, even kale. And, um, and I, you know, take a little bit of everything, spinach, mm -hmm. throw it all in, in a, in a salad. He doesn't like yep. any condiments. So he eats it straight probably why he didn't like salad before because we always just drenched it in dressing so as not to taste <laughs> right. the chemical crap you know just cover the chemical yeah. taste with more <laughs> chemical crap um but uh now he just eats it straight and he loves it and i i was telling you before the show um our audience hasn't heard it yet though my our irish setter puppy that our audience is familiar with she's made her debut on the show a couple of times now but mm -hmm. um she uh this morning i caught her climbing into my container garden which is like 20 containers deep and three tiers high wow. and wow. she was she was a good i mean she'd knocked over a bunch of peppers she was a good way in and she was eating the butter crunch lettuce straight out of the, the pot, like the, the big long pot that I have it growing in. And I have, it was, it was just ready to harvest. <laughs> That's my biggest. Well, at least she's got taste, huh? She really does. It's fantastic, but <laughs> it makes such a difference. My, my tomatoes are, I have to fight both puppies over my tomatoes. And that's if Mick doesn't get to them first, because like the 300 cherry tomatoes, I've got, I think mm -hmm. four cherry tomato plants. He'll eat all of them. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so like one, one plant is just designated for him, but, um, you know, we, we like to eat good food that tastes good. And then once you, you know, once you actually start growing your own food and eating what you grow, you don't want to buy the crap from the grocery no, store. No, you don't. You and don't. When you do buy it, I don't know if you've noticed this, Sandra, but recently anything that I've, any produce that I've bought has gone bad so much faster than it used really? to. It's really, I mean, it's well, I almost never buy produce. So I don't know. Yeah. it's. I mean, I mean, we, we have our classes on Wednesday evening. In fact, People are pulling in now. Our class starts about six because what I was saying earlier, I think I got, I stopped myself, but because we were putting in this food and I'm filming it to make training programs, I, I had to do something with the food. So we're training as many people as want to come in our Houston area. So we'll have about 40 people out here over the next half hour. And they're out there. We have tonight, we have squash to pick, purple beans, kale, all kinds of lettuces. 
um, uh, zucchini, green beans. We, we've got our tomatoes are coming in. There's there's so much to come on. We have so much food. And that's the thing. Food grows so dense in such a small area that if churches or Boy Scout groups or whoever, if community people would get together where you have land. See, back in World War II, when we had a food shortage because we were sending so much food over to, to allies, the United States suggested people put in a victory garden. And so moms and dads were putting gardens in their front yard, the backyard. Neighbors were sharing property, the community parks. And they estimate that in 1942, with 135 million people living in America, we had 23 million victory gardens. And they estimate that that fed 40% of the produce that was eaten at that time. So, you know, we can do it. And I know they were called the greatest generation, but I do not want to believe that they were the greatest generation and we go down here from there. You know what? I say we can be the greatest generation too. You know, we can step up and we can do this. And think about where you live. A lot of the times communities that struggle economically, they don't have beautiful grocery stores like we do. And if you don't have a car, you can't get to the grocery stores. And so you just have like the little in and outs. So you don't have fresh food. You have to pay too much. What would it be like if, if we would learn how to grow food and then the next season go into these communities that struggle and teach them how to grow food so they had their own food that they could grow? Now, that's an outreach. That's worth doing. Absolutely. So, and you know, most people don't have the eight acres that, that you have or the three acres that we have. I'm, I'm quite jealous of your 10,000 square feet of, of uh, vegetable plot right now. I've, I've got uh, about 24 square feet and I'm working on another 24. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm digging up sod myself and, you know, cause I'm basically digging up what used to be the lawn to put uh -huh. in garden um and using cinder blocks to to you know put it off because wood cedar is so expensive look we got a camera working not the good yeah. one hey whatever um so uh, give me a minute because I, st I still have all right so i'm still working on something he's, else he's still playing with Holy that's, Jesus, that's fine this is annoying yeah okay but that's okay we're, we're doing fine here um this one this one was the one i was excited about anyway so you you do yeah, your, your thing there so anyway um but how do how do people grow food in you know, when they, when they don't have very, if they're in an apartment or, you know, they only have a, a little backyard, like what, what do you do with that? Okay. Well, you can do container gardening now. Yeah. You're not going to be able to grow a lot, but you know, in just one 25 gallon pot, I did a video and it's on our site, heartstone.tv. And then you go to victory gardens for life. I showed people how you can do this at home in small areas. You can do container growing, you can build small boxes, you can do raised beds, but in one pot, we put just a 20 gallon. We have a cherry tomato plant and cilantro, jalapeno peppers, cilantro and lettuces. That's all in one pot because, you know, like in nature, you grow together. It doesn't have to be just a row of green beans, just a row of tomatoes. You mix the stuff together based on uh, days of maturity and, and everything else. You need six hours of direct sunlight to grow food. If you do live in an apartment or whatever and you are are a part of a community group or a church or a women's group or a boy scout, whatever, or the VFW, you know, there's places in your community that have lots of land and churches typically have a lot of land. So we have one church down here in the Houston area that, that got the vision and they put in a garden much bigger than, than what we have. And they put out the word and they had 300 people in the community come to volunteer to put in the garden. And they're having the same thing. We are not only do you have enough produce, 
when it starts coming in to feed the people working the garden, but you have so much produce to give away. So all of the people coming to our garden are getting the produce they want. And each week we have about 150 pounds of food that we take to the food pantry. And of course, if it's a church, you're just feeding your own food, food pantry. Well, that's fantastic. Um, do you guys, uh, is there a farmer's market near you? Do you, do you, um, there is, we could go to farmer's market, but I'm, I'm very busy. I don't have the time and I don't want to go stand out at a food market and do that. I yeah. just, uh, I just rather take it down to people that don't have fresh food and give it to them. You know, you can't out get, you can't out give God. And you know, I'm a nonprofit. Heartstone network is a nonprofit. All of the films, I've been a filmmaker for 40 years. All of the projects we put up there, they're inspirational stories. They're teaching like the garden class. They're spiritual teaching. There's testimonies. There's all kinds of stuff. And it's no charge. It's, it's dependent upon viewer donations. If you see something and you're moved, it touches you. You want to donate $5 or 10 or 50 or two or nothing. I don't care. It's, it's whatever. I, I'm, just, I'm just doing this because this is my mission in life to help people. And I'll tell you another thing we're doing. I, when I was, uh, as we started working on the project, I think this is very exciting. We were put in touch with an organization in Zimbabwe called Foundations for Farming. And in Zimbabwe, the economy crashed, the farming was bad, people were starving. And about 20 years before this, there was a man named Brian who was the largest agriculture, he was the largest uh, tobacco grower in the entire continent of Africa. He then gave his life to God, felt convicted. He didn't want to grow tobacco anymore. So he started growing food. And he went to God one day and said, God, I need you to show me how to grow food the way we need to grow food. Give me the right way to do it. God actually gave him a plan and he implemented it and it was very successful. So each year he would add a little more, a little more. Now you go to whatever, 25 years later, and he's teaching other people how to grow food. And so when things were so bad in 2020 in Zimbabwe, the country came to Foundations for Farming and said, we've heard you're having great success. We need you to train nearly 2 million farmers well, gee whiz, how are you going to do that? They're not like, you know, patriots here to get on the internet and do that. They don't have it. So they did it the old fashioned way. You go train hundred, you go train 50, they'll go train hundred. And that's the way they did it. And everybody only got one day of training because they were pressed for time. And you're just not going to believe what happened in one growing season. They, each farmer, their average small farmer grew what we would call two football fields. And Foundations for Farming came in and said, no, no, we're going to teach you how to do this smarter, more efficiently. So they had them farming a tennis court size. And after one growing season, their harvest was three times as much on the tennis court than it had been on the two football fields. And it was the biggest harvest they'd had in 20 years and like the third largest in the history of their country. So the Zimbabwe leaders came out and said, oh my gosh, we've eradicated hunger in our country for the first time. And we, we even have food to, to export. So this year they're growing and they're growing even more. And now they're expanding what they grow. So we're actually in partnership with Foundations for Farming. And we're implementing some of their growing practices and they're implementing some of our leadership course. So we're mixing together. And, and this is what we're doing in a couple of weeks. The guys from Africa are coming to my farm because we are now an official Foundations for Farming Training Center in the United States. We're one of two that's in the United States. So people from South America and other places will be able to come here to learn to grow food. But what we're doing is, is we are creating 60 four-minute videos where we 
teach them, this is how you plant it. This is how you take care of it. This is how you build the compost, everything, soup to nuts, all the way through, we're teaching them. And the way we're going to get this out quickly, because we do believe this is a crisis, because there's so many people in Africa and India and other places that are starving, we're, we're in a hurry. So like I said, in a couple of weeks, we're shooting these videos. We're putting them in English, Shawnee, the African language, Farsi, and Hindi, and Spanish is what we're starting with. So we're starting with five languages and we're putting all these videos in it. And then we're compressing them down to like 10 megabytes. And then these training centers are going to disperse them through video text messages on WhatsApp to these people all over the world in these third world countries to help teach them how to grow food so they don't have to starve in this next season. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I applaud you because that's, that's fantastic. We need to save as many people as we can. Um, you know, they, they've been going on, you know, it's, so crazy, this whole Elon Musk buying Twitter thing, right? And people are like, oh, well, you know, you could have used your 44 billion to to end world hunger instead <laughs> of, you know, instead of buying Twitter. Well, um, it, honestly, world hunger is contrived, just like the coming food shortages. It, it's, it's all planned, right? If we had taught people and encouraged people to farm from the very beginning, I mean, you, you, it is possible to sustain yourself and your family on a very small plot of land for a, a, a minimal amount of money and, and feed yourself and your family. It doesn't take $44 billion to end world hunger. I, I'm sorry. It doesn't. No, but it does take in, in some places like some of the third world countries, it does take education because you and I can go onto YouTube and go, oh, how do you grow a cantaloupe? But you know, people in these hard places can't. Yes. But with education, it's changing their life. And they're not only able to feed their family, but they're able to build businesses and sell food to other people who are not growing food. It's just, it's changing the world. These guys are changing the world. And for us to get to be a teeny tiny part of it, oh my gosh. And then on top of that, I now they now have come out with solar tablets. It looks like an iPad, but it's solar. So we're going to be putting all of this stuff on an iPad along with gospel messages and training videos and health videos, we're loading up these tablets with all kinds of stuff so that we can disperse these around the world in their language. So that means people who don't have media, we're going to be able to essentially give them their own TV set, but it's pre-programmed with all the content that, that we feel like will help them. Yes. That's amazing. Um, I want to go back to something you, you said before when we were talking about uh things to grow together. You know, you, sh you shouldn't just grow green beans in a row. And it, because when you grow at home, you're not commercial farming. And I think right. that's where a lot of people get, mm -hmm. get confused, mixed up. I've been doing a lot of research into companion planting. I yes. love it. Right. Um, yes. and, and yes, there's we do that. things you should grow together and things you shouldn't grow together. So, right. um, like they said, the, the, the perfect trio that we learned from the Native Americans, when we first came here, was what uh, tomato, corn, and squash together. Um, and you throw a little basil in there for flavor. Yeah. But the, well, the, the thing about squash now is the squash grows out really big. Out. Yep. And, you know. and the tomatoes on the side, and then the corn to support the tomatoes. I, I want well, to see what it was. That's an interesting uh, combo because corn, you normally have to have more area because it's so big. Yeah. I'll tell you something that grows fantastic with tomatoes and grows quick. It, it grows really fast and then you can pull it out, plant more. And that's lettuces. Yeah. Lettuces and kales and stuff go fabulous with tomatoes. Cause see tomatoes are like twice as long as lettuces. And so you see, so if you like, we down one row, 
if you put, we put like tomatoes in the middle and we may put lettuce on one side and kale on the other, then we're constantly harvesting the lettuce, the kale as the tomatoes keep growing. And then if we want to pull up all of the lettuces, we can and plant something else. That way we're never like just sit waiting on a row to do something. It's always growing and we're always harvesting. Yeah. And you should plant different, like rotate your, your plants yes. as well, because different yes. things, you know, will suck yes. nutrients from the ground. So you shouldn't always plant the same tomato in the same place, um, right. year after year. Uh, I also, I threw beans in with my tomato and my squash. Um, and I, I put borage in there for, uh, as a pollinator. Um, but the beans throw a lot of nitrogen into the ground, which without fertilizer you yeah. really need. So I got my first green beans coming up, which when I was a kid, my grandpa had a huge garden. He, he had a, a victory garden and he kept it up after the war and he kept going. And I, wow. I, I would go out and eat green beans off the stalk and they were amazing. And then yeah. now, now I won't eat green beans because they never tasted the same as my grandpa's. Um, I wouldn't eat them from the store. They were gross. Like everyone makes green beans. I'm like, ew, no. But now I'm excited. I'm going to go eat my own green beans that I've grown because I know they're going to taste like my grandpa's did. At least I hope they will. Um, so, but, uh, but you know, there's all these little, yeah. these little tricks. Like you need to go back to the basics. Yes. I went out to the garden about an hour ago and took this picture. It's a purple green bean or yes. purple bean. Purple bean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that I, I saw my first beans today and my first green peppers are coming up today. Um, is that cabbage? That's a cabbage. Excellent. Yep. I got broccolini coming into, um, these, these tomatoes are the largest tomatoes on the market. They're three pounders. Wow. You see, um, you tied them up. We tied them up. Yeah. You should go to our, do you grow a bunch of tomatoes or just one by itself? Um, I, I grow a bunch of tomatoes and I've never really had luck with tomatoes before. Okay. Um, and you need to go to our site because there's a secret. When you plant the tomatoes, as it grows, you need to keep mounding the dirt up, up, up to the yeah. bottom of the, the limbs coming out. And it makes it stronger where it can hold more of the tomatoes. And we just posted a video today about how to go tie the tomatoes up so that it supports them so that you'll get more fruit. Awesome. Yeah. So where can we find these videos? You go to heartstone.tv. Awesome. And then you'll see Victory Gardens for Life. I'll show you what that looks like. And in that... Here's what we have. We have classes. It, oops, where'd it go? It, um, it's loading. We have classes where we, they're like little, see that? That's what it looks like. Victory Gardens for Life. Okay. Okay. So we have classes where we teach you. They're like little three, four, five minute videos, like how to tie up your tomatoes and how to do this and how to do that. And then Fred, the farmer, we go into the barn and he gives everybody about a, a 20 minute lesson on understanding this stuff, the nitrogen and what you need and, you know, the classwork behind it. So if you're interested in that, we have all those that we've posted as well as the, the uh, out in the garden stuff. So heartstone.tv and go to victory gardens, victory gardens, um, for life. victory gardens tab. Fantastic. Yes. Victory gardens mm -hmm. for life. Yeah. You'll see the icon. It kind of, the site looks like Netflix. Awesome. Kind of. It's kind of like that layout. So you just click on that picture and then all the episodes will fall down underneath it. Excellent. Um, you guys um, just went out of focus. Yeah, I know. This 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 is the old camera. That's, See, that's the old why, camera. This is why we bought a new really oh, expensive really one. That's your hand is in focus. Which isn't working now. So, you know, hey, what whatever. Hey, you know what? You look younger. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. It was kind Shepherd of a Shepherd used to pay big money for that. Yeah. That, uh, it, was, uh, it was it was there a, a stressful day today. I was making lunch for my my youngest week homeschool him and uh why well, homeschool him and he he had been helping me actually out in the garden uh, yeah. 
he was helping me compost. So we were moving leaves from oh, a leaf pile over toward the composter. And you know, I came in to make lunch and he came in behind me and he came, he went through the kitchen and he went into his room and he slipped on the tile and he hit his whole face on oh, no. the, edge of the wall and he split his whole ear, oh. sliced through the cartilage. Ow. Um, yeah. So scratched. I mean, it was like, it, you know, it, it looked like we'd uh, like, like, like how you tag cattle, you know, you split their ear. That's literally what it looked like. Like, Is he okay? Yeah. We, we went to the plastic surgeon actually it was the highlight of my day. We go to a, like, they got us into a plastic surgeon right away. We went to urgent care and they were like, we're not touching that. Go here. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it was that bad. Um, oh, no. and, and we go to the plastic surgeon and no one's wearing a mask. Not them, not the guests, not, or, you know, not oh. the, the patients, not the staff, even the surgeon, when he sewed up his ear, didn't wear a mask. And I was like, this is the highlight of my day. What, I, what's, I, what, what state are you in? Georgia. State are you? Okay. Georgia. So it's, I mean, it's been relatively it's free. Been a lot of pain. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor baby. Probably bust out the, um, the, the cough syrup with codeine tonight, just to help him out a bit. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that ibuprofen is going to cut it. So yeah, it was, a, it was, how old a, is he? How old is he? He's 10. Oh, poor guy. Spurt, and he's going through a, a big uh, spurt. But I mean, he's a great health. He's a big baby. Don't. He don't, is a big baby. Don't, I call don't him. Even. I call don't, him don't do that mama thing. Stop the mama thing. No, because, Suck it up, buttercup. How about it, that? Suck it up, buttercup. Literally. <laughs> exactly what if, he said to him. Suck, if, it yeah, up. suck it up. If there's one. My husband just had back surgery and we went to the doctor and the doctor looks at him and goes, dude, you need to be much further along. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> The one thing my kids will say about me is that they know for a fact, and I've heard them say this before, that we can't cry. We're not allowed to. Our dad is someone who could cut his own head off with a freaking chainsaw <laughs> and staple gun it back on That's and true. say, I'm fine. <laughs> Were you a Marine? Were you a Marine? No, I was in the Army. Army. <laughs> like fifth generation, something uh, ridiculous like no. that. It's a, he's born and bred military. It's it, Yeah. So I'm going to guess from just over listening to everything that y'all been talking about. Um, I'm going to guess take care of the little mini farm I have going so. that the, uh, the amount of space you're talking about for one of these victory gardens, roughly in yardage, what would you consider your whole victory garden to be? For mine? Mine's ten thousand square feet, but oh, well, that's not our, that's a farm. So <laughs> let us reclassify what a, a garden would be. Uh, we only have two point eight acres, okay? So <laughs> and one acre is a pond. Yes, like a, you know, a bits of, of the house too. So, um, but the pond is stocked with fish, so that's good. Um, but uh, most most people in, back in the day did their victory gardens in their front yard and their backyard. Yes, most people don't have this, and you don't have to have it because that's what I said. Okay, here. My friend made one of these. This is a raised bed, and there's about 10 different things in that bed. Hmm. Yeah. See, she, she and her husband, it's the two of them. And I'm trying to show you the other stuff in their yard because I was like flabbergasted at uh, how much they had going on there. And it's a normal, it's a normal size backyard. So here's I mean, a, like, another view of it just growing. See all if, those different things? Oh, yeah. If you were to do something, okay, yeah, and those are small, but like, let's say you did have a bit of a yard. Let's say you were there. in an apartment. Um, okay. So that's what roughly between two to four. Yeah. That's like a four by four or at least. Yeah. six by yeah. six, six by like, six. Maybe. No, it's like a four by four. four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just different. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Different shapes. Okay. Well, my, and how much food are you looking to produce out of something like that? 
Oh gosh, four by four. I mean, what type of yield would you get? For two, you'd have you could do some good eating with two people with that. On my site, I have a video called "So You Want to Put in a Garden," and I go in and I show you a whole bunch of different setups in people's yards, how they're doing container gardening and little box gardening and raised gardens. And then bigger, I mean, if you have this space, like if, let's say you have a fence in the backyard, you could do like 20 feet long by, you know, two feet wide and a foot tall. Because you, you know, it's all grow together. It's like not my row is three feet wide. And in three feet wide, we've got three different things across. So however long, like if it was 10 feet and you plant things, some things are planted like green beans, what? About every four inches. Yeah. And then tomatoes are more like every what? two foot or foot or whatever. And then squashes are further apart, but like green mm -hmm. beans are close together. Snow peas are close together. Um, onions, onions grow like just a few inches apart. Well, no, the reason I'm asking, it's not about, I, I'm just wondering because like, if I were going to try to estimate and in this situation, um, she's about probably, she can help with the planting and the yield that we might get from one plant. Mm -hmm. However, the actual amount that we need to feed a family of four, for instance, mm -hmm. um, if two dogs, <laughs> you're going to feed that family and the animals, how much, I mean, how big of a garden would you need? Well, in my yard, before we used to do big gardens, we had three kids. There was a family of five and we did really good eating out of a garden that was probably 20 feet by eight feet. Okay. Yeah. And that was, that was a pretty big garden, but, uh, you know, like, like let's say a green bean plant. If you had three green bean plants, you're going to have more green beans than you want to eat in a week. And you're going to be able to freeze them and put them up for later because, you know, once you start picking them, the plant goes, oh, they're picking us. We got to grow faster. So everything starts really, you know, growing fruit then. Well, my point was, it, it's just that like, hey, if this is, if we're going to get to this where there's shortages everywhere, there's, you can't get food um, and are. there's no reason for that to happen. But if let's say that does happen and we it do will. get to that point, um, if somebody was like listening to this right now or watching this right now and they wanted to know, okay, well, how much room do I need? How much yardage do I need to take up to make sure that this all works out, that I can supplement whatever little food we get from the grocery store with my own vegetables, my own garden. How do I do that? And making sure that that runs the right direction, so on and so forth. Uh, I, I'm just trying to show people that it's really not that much. I mean, cause no, it is, I have a friend that, uh, it's just the two of them, but she has a very small backyard, like almost like a patio home size lot. So I gave her seeds and I gave her soil and she planted them in pots, the same kind of pots you use to put flowers. And then I bought her some of those canvas bags I got on Amazon, which are like 20 gallon canvas bags. Yep. And mm -hmm. she put like three or four different things in that. And she, and she's growing broccoli and onions and lettuces and kale and basil and cilantro, um, beets, well, I don't know if she has beach yet, but she's growing a whole variety of things and it's already coming in. So she's, she's already eating broccolini. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was very shocked when she, uh, when she dug it up and did her, her little garden out there, I was actually kind of shocked at how fast 
it uh, grows fast. Gross. Tomatoes like, out like there, we like radishes. Huge. You can plant a radish seed, and in three weeks, you got radishes. We we were sitting there, and like all of a sudden, she's bringing stuff in from the garden. She's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm eating out the garden." I was like, "You just planted them like what two weeks ago?" And she's like, "Yeah, I know." That's, yeah. I mean, so we probably eat salad out of the garden at least, and I harvest it regularly, especially, yeah. I mean, I love the Swiss chard and um, yeah. kale is, is going crazy. The butter crunch, like I said, is insane if the dog doesn't get it first, but, um, you know, I, and I, and it just, it, like you said, it just keeps growing. Like the, the more, it seems like you, the more I harvest you pull it, it up from the root or are you just breaking the leaves I'm off? Break, I'm just breaking the leaves off. Yeah. If you break the leaves off, yeah. it'll keep growing. Yes. Yeah. So that's something people need to know. The Swiss chard, the kale, the lettuces. Yeah. You you go down to the root and you, if this is the root, you go down to the bottom and you take the leaf and you break it off at the very bottom with your hand. Yeah. And that'll, it'll grow right back. I mean, yeah. when I had that tub and I, I told Fred, I said, okay, Fred, I'm going to video this. I want you to show people how you can mix things in a pot. He put in a tomato plant, two different, a red lettuce, a green lettuce, cilantro, and a jalapeno. And two weeks later, I, I was pulling the lettuce out to eat because it was it had grown so fast. Yeah. And so um, so some of our our listeners here and they're as excited about this as I am. But um, uh, so like uh, Jay laughs, he's up in Canada and he said it was, um, you know, it was like negative eight degrees Celsius there last night. So, wow. yeah, so they're not they're not quite at planting time yet. But Things like lettuces, greens, they they tend to be winter plants, so you, you can grow them yes. inside. If you grow them actually in the summer in the sun, they taste really bitter. They don't taste nearly as good. Like I'm That's gonna right. pull right. salads in and here. Too. If you plant lettuce here and have a freeze, it survives. Yeah. Another thing that does really well in cold weather is is carrots. And potatoes you have to plant in the cold too. They don't do, yep. you can't plant them in the summer. That has to be a winter crop. So yep. Jay, you can honestly take some, get, get some 10 gallon buckets. Yeah. Um, and what I do, cause we moved into this new place. So we got a couple trees. So we have this big pond and it tends to overflow. So I, I got some willow trees that I'm getting my 15 year old to dig holes for eventually. Um, but, uh, but I take those, those big pot, you know, pot like 10 or 25 gallon um, tubs that the trees initially came in and yes. I, those as planters. Cause you can Perfect. plant so much in those. Yes. And I mean, Perfect. you're, you're at the cost of the initial tree, but then you've already got the pot. You, you know, you got the, the soil. And I actually had someone deliver us compost. Cause I, I'm, we had not been here long enough for us to get compost, but I was looking at like pricing it by the bag. Someone, they delivered me three yards of compost for like 200 bucks. Wow. And, it was great. And they just dropped it off in my front yard. And I was like that. And I, Mick was like, well, that's, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, it would have cost me that same amount would have cost me almost a thousand dollars if I'd bought it by the bag. Um, because it's going to take me a year to get up enough compost, you know, my own compost. Cause we literally just moved into this house at the beginning of this year. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're really trying to work on being self-sustaining, but there's so much stuff that you can do inside that people don't realize. Um, mm -hmm. you just, just need a little sunlight through a window. Um, what about herbs? Do you guys do a lot of herbs? Yes. Because yes. herbal medicine, yes. I think we really oh. need to get back to well, that. Let me tell you about herbs. I did I did this just to see. So I went to the store and I had a, a bottle of basil in my spice drawer. So I, I t poured it out and I tasted it. Okay. Scale of one to 10, I'd get me you know, four or five. Then I, I picked fresh basil out of the garden. Wow. That was twice as good. Then I took fresh basil and I dried it. My fresh basil that I dried, oh my gosh, that's going to be a 12. 
Oh yeah. So at the store is a four, fresh is eight, and store bought. I mean, and homegrown dried is twelve. I'm telling you. Um, the other reason I bought the willow trees is because um, I'll be harvesting the bark and making willow bark medicine. Um, oh wow! Tinctures for you know will, willow bark is actually great for uh, all kinds of things: headaches, um, general pain, um, it fevers, all, all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, and I've really been reading up on that. I, I had this head cold over the last few days, and I I've just been taking elderberry syrup and, you know, um, eating as much fresh fruit and as much vitamin C as I could get. Do you guys do anything on, um, like natural medicines grown from food or herbs, anything? No, like I haven't yet, but I'm sure open to it. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, there's, uh, we were talking to Dr. Saeed last night and you know, he, he was, there's no more production of, of pills, you know, right. a big pharma production here in the United States. Everything's in China. Like or, India. Yeah. Um, so China, India or whatnot. So, you know, when that shuts down too, and here in the U S you know, we're so soft, we're so, Oh, we're, we're, people are going to think they're starving even though they're not yeah. right. They're going to go to the store and they're not going to be able to choose between 12 different flavors of Triscuits. Well, I mean, come on, you're probably not going to get Fritos. So I'm just saying <laughs> the Fritos, you better go get them now. Right. But I mean, that, you know, it's like the, if they're, they're not going to have the options and I honestly see food riots coming pretty quick. Like it's going to, there's going to come a time when people are going to start fighting. Well, over. People will probably start hoarding once they realize. Exactly. They, they are. And honestly, that I mean, we've been, I've been hoarding food for a, a year now, probably. Yeah. You hoard are you? I, hey, I, now I know you guys are casual and we don't have to do this, but I've got this class, uh, all these people working out in the garden. I could switch to my cell phone and go out and show you all the garden and all sure. the people working. You yeah. want to do that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're completely casual. Um, and that, that's amazing because honestly, you know, I, I think the biggest part of it is, is lack of motivation, you know, maybe a little bit of fear in there. Like, I just, I can't do it. Like, I don't know how to do it, but it's so easy. And I mean, I started almost everything from seed this year and oh, the, wow. the, the, and I mean, I did get I did get some plants, um, from, from the store that had already been, you know, already gone, but I started almost everything from seed. So like everything in my raised beds is all from yeah. seed. Um, about 50% of my container garden was plants that I had purchased. Um, and then the other half of that was, was from seed. And I started the seeds inside and you literally stick a seed in some dirt and you put yeah. some water on it. Yeah. This amazing thing happens. This green yeah. thing shoots up from it. I know it's very exciting. So amazing. And then when it gets a little bigger, you put it in a bigger pot with some yep. dirt. Yeah. And, and then when it gets even bigger and it gets warm outside, you put it outside in the sun. Yeah. And then yeah. the next thing you know, you have yeah. a plant. Like, yeah. I got it, a few blueberries coming in. I can show you those. If you oh, want to switch me over to the phone, I'll I'll switch over and go out there. there. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Okay. You take me off here. Yeah. There. There we go. Okay. Here we so, go. Fantastic. So um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love growing food, but, but the other thing is though, it does take time and, and co like constant dedication, you know, it, you have to look at it daily. You have to go out there daily. I, 
tried to do this last year. Actually, I had this whole big garden going last year at our old house, um, a big container garden. And, and then I, and I'd been off, I guess it was two years ago. And cause I was off for COVID and then I got called back to work in the middle of the summer and everything died because yep. I was in the house for 16 hours a day. And when I came home, I didn't have time to go out and check my plants. You know, they didn't get watered at the proper time. Um, and, uh, and they just, they, I think I maybe have maybe two plants left from then. Um, they, they just didn't make it. So I'm, yep. I'm starting all over. Not here. So it does, it does take daily dedication, you know, and it doesn't have to be hours a day. Just. No, a, it doesn't. A little bit of time. You know, it takes me probably 30 to 45 minutes to water my gardens every day and talk to the plants, which my kids think I'm crazy and Mick thinks I'm crazy, but I'll tell you, um, I've been doing a little experiment. So I've got two, two side-by-side -side gardens going with tomatoes, um, tomatoes, beans, and squash and borage and, uh, basil and a couple other things. Anyway. Um, and one side I talk to every day and I tell it how beautiful it is and it's so pretty and it's growing so nice and whatever. And I, like, I, I just put so much love on these plants and the other ones I ignore. And have you seen those two gardens lately? So the one that I ignore is about half the size of the one that I talk oh. to every day. Okay. Can you see this? Yeah. Wow. Blueberry. See this? See this container? Yeah. Can you see? I can't. Uh, you're kind of coming in and out. Um. Blueberries. See, look. Wow. Holy. Yeah, they're gorgeous. See it? Huh? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. See? Okay. In a I don't think you get the best reception out there, Sandra. We're kind of, you're kind of frozen okay. now. Hang on. Hang on. Let me fix the, the settings. Hang on. But yeah, I, I didn't think that that would actually make a difference. Like I, I had heard about it and I kind of tested it to see if talking to the plants would make a difference. And oh my God, it made a huge difference. Not that the plants that I've, it, that I haven't been talking to are, like not doing well, they're fine. Just the other ones are, I mean, literally twice the size. I'm going to take a video of it and show it, show it tomorrow. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're back. Okay. Is there a way I can switch the camera? Uh, if you turn it sideways in your hand, normally it'll automatically right, There switch. should be something on the front. There yeah, it goes. There you, there you go. Like okay. there's, there should be a little circle thing on the front where you can switch the, uh, the view, like the camera view. Well, can you see this tab? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. This is this is garlic. Wow. Just see, garlic. Here. See, here's here's a box. Do you see this box here? Yep. Yep. Yeah. See that? You see all these tubs here? Oh yeah. And here's herbs. Here are my herbs. More blueberries. Okay, here, can you can you see everybody out here in the garden? Oh yeah. Wow, that thing is huge. It is. That's amazing. Hey Kay. Here. We're on a podcast. Hi guys. Tell tell these people. Hi, Hi Kay. She's, she comes to the class. We're having Hi, a blast out here. The garden is so much fun. It's grown so quickly. We've had great instruction. 
and we're harvesting already. It has been the most fun I've had in a long time. It's well, fabulous awesome. out here. Thank you. That's fantastic. See, now here, here, we can you see? I can't yeah. Tell. Here's, yeah. Oh, yeah. here's on both sides and kale. That kale is like our kale. Well, we've got curly That's kale. Dinosaur but, kale. They yeah. Like dinosaur kale. kale doesn't look like that. <laughs> and here, here we combined Swiss chard with yeah. peas. Ah, okay. Yeah. We have we actually have snow peas. And over here, you see how squash, you see how big it is? It yeah, oh, yeah. Takes up the whole row. Oh, you've already picked? Yeah. And see down here. Down here I've got. See, this is French green beans on both sides and onions in the middle. Can you middle, yeah, I see the onions. Holy cow. Oh, look at these carrots. Are these beautiful? Look at that row of carrots. Oh, yeah. Now, are carrots, is that also a winter vegetable or is that a, a summer vegetable? Summer. Summer. What did you, what did you mean? The carrots. Oh, they're coming in now. They're coming in now. When did you when did you plant those? Uh two months ago. Okay. And it's pretty warm here. Yeah. See all these look at all these pieces. You see how big up. Wow. Yeah. And That's here we have this is arugula that needs to be cut back over here. And here's some more kale. And um we had a bunch of bok choy. Yeah. Have you ever grown bok choy? I have not. I've got seeds for it. I've got seeds forever, but I've it's, I've here's a here's a purple bok choy. You see that? Yeah. 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 And uh, this is for the peas growing on the vine and red lettuces. So here you see we have this on one side and cabbage on the other. This row only had room for two things. The cabbage, of course, is so big. Yeah. Um, so so uh, one of our listeners wants to know where you're located. I know you said you're in Texas. Oh, I'm in Houston. Okay. I'm in the Houston area. And here, here, look, I love this. This See these purple green beans? Oh, yeah. You see it? Yeah. Wow. And next to the, <clears throat> next to the bok choy. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something that, because I, I don't know, I always had this thing in my head that like every plant needed its own space, but... Then when I started looking into companion planting, really except for the squash that just needs space to spread out or like watermelon, things like that, everything else can kind of grow on top of each other. Yes. Now, here's Fred on a podcast. Now, we went over on Fred. Fred, tell them about your garden at your house. What are the size of those containers? Uh, four by 28, and there's two of them, and then there's another bed around. Okay, now how many in your family? Yeah, like how many kids? Oh, three kids. Okay, so do you have enough? Are you gonna have enough food that you have to go to the grocery store and buy produce? Or are you set? Nope, probably set and probably be giving some of it away. So okay, so here, are, can you hear wow. Fred? Yeah, yeah. yeah Fred, Fred, Fred is the son of the farmer I was telling you about. Fred, but Fred knows all about the stuff just like his dad. So here's the question, Fred: If you had a family, a mom and dad, and two kids, about how big a container would you need to supply the produce for that family of four? Well, of course, it depends on the variety, but um, let's say stuff some, like this: green beans, yeah, lettuces, yeah, tomatoes. Lettuce. Um, yeah, you'd be looking at probably at least one of those four by twenty-eight. So you could probably pack in a pretty good amount of vegetables with that. Um, okay. If you can fit it, do more. Or but, if you couldn't do a four by twenty-eight, you could do a whole bunch of containers. Right, a whole bunch of containers. And granted, mine is also uh, 
yes, mine is planted with that, but yeah. uh, I, anything in addition is citrus, blueberries, all yeah. the other fun stuff. So yeah. uh, that's why mine is actually bigger than that. But the portion I'll, I'll grow for, you know, vegetables, tomatoes and such will be. And then you're going to be yeah. giving a lot of that away or freezing it for the yep. whole year. Yep. So. Okay, it's, cool. It's, it's, well, there, there's some information. Fantastic. Oh. That is outstanding. It really is. Hey, thank all your people, uh, please. Uh, that's that. This has been very educational. Here's your last wide view. There you go. Oh Let's my see. lord! Love it. See, baby, hey, we got a lot of cultivating, y'all. If you let me tear up the front yard, I can make it look like that. Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> I told him if he let me tear up the front yard, I can make it look like that. Actually, well, we, I wish, we have. I wish, a long, I'm going to see if the internet will work over here. I'm going to show you our our uh, chicken pen. Yeah, yes. strawberry. We have a strawberry patch that's awesome. Here, can you can you see that chicken pen behind me? Yes. Oh yeah. Hold, uh, let me. That now that's a pen. We have a tiny little chicken coop for our tiny little chicken babies. But yeah. Well, my husband is an engineer, and he over engineers everything. <laughs> that's a good thing to have. That's a good problem to have. That is. Yeah. Okay. So, can you see all of them? Yeah. I, oh wow. You said you had to fence them in because they kept getting into your vegetables. Okay. Now you got to see the bedroom he made. He even put a chandelier in here. <laughs> okay. Can you see? They thought I was letting them out. Uh, I, I need a, I need a chicken house, babe. <laughs> yeah. And look, can you see? He built him a picnic table. Oh, we quit jumping at me, rooster. They, they and, like purchase. Uh, so yeah. Oh, I got to tell you, I was on, um, uh, Amanda Grace and Dave, and I was telling her about my rooster trying to attack me. She goes, you squirt him with water. I'm telling you, I squirt water. He goes running. Oh, yeah, you're coming after me now because I don't have water. <laughs> so, Look at him. Look how, at him. How many hens do you guys have, and um, how, many, uh, how many eggs do they produce, say? Well, I had, about, I had about 45, but, you know, they've kind of died off. I got about 35 hens and a rooster. Yeah. I get about a dozen and a half a day. And so, like, in the winter... We uh, turned that light on I was showing you in there to fake yeah. them out because they got to have so many hours of daylight uh, to produce. Mm. I'm going to see if my my internet will reach over here because I want you to see the strawberry patch because this is this is like the most popular thing on the property. Uh, you talk to me, buddy. Yeah, my, my okay. strawberry patch is pretty popular, too. I keep going to look for strawberries to find the dogs have already eaten them. <laughs> oh, no. Instead, well, I, I got crazy. I had to put so them I in a hanging planters. I had to put them it? in. Oh my god! Oh lord! That's gorgeous. Yeah. Let's pick one. Oh yeah. Look! Ugh. There you go. Look at that thing. That's huge. Wow. Wow. That's mm. a big rooster or a, a big strawberry. Strawberry. Sorry. Is it good? <laughs> that yeah. sounds good. Trees. Uh, one of yeah. our listeners, uh, BT Wallace, says, uh, says, LOL, my rooster runs at me, and I just pick that dumbass up and snuggle him, and we walk about the yard. Yeah, we, it's, I, I had no idea, you know, I had no idea. It's our first experience with chickens, but I had no idea they had so much personality. We have one chick, especially, I call her Sassy because she's always the first one out of the coop in the morning. Like, I just moved them out of the brooder into the coop. 
And she's like, first one out, first thing in the morning. And then she's the last one in a night. Even if she's in the coop, when I go to close it up, she comes out of the coop so I can chase her around a couple of times before I catch her and put her back in. Like she's, as she yells at me, like she's, she's the sassy one. It's hysterical. So, all right. We're getting um, a lot of people that are saying, uh, you've done a great job with yeah. your garden, beautiful, healthy plants. Uh, that's you got it going on. Gorgeous. Amazing. So, I, and the puppy is so cute, but I think we lost you, Sandra. You froze up there. I think, uh, I think Do you I went know. out of internet. So, yeah, we lost her. Okay. Oh, uh, there she's you are. back. Now there she there is. you are. Look at that. Fantastic. So, well, that, that was amazing. Thank you for the tour. Yes. Um, quite, quite inspirational. And maybe, maybe now Mick will have a little more faith in me. Okay. okay switch me to the computer. There we go. Um, there you go. Because he's been a little, uh, he's not quite been sure about my my gardening. No, I'm quite sure about her gardening techniques. However, uh, <laughs> she likes to, uh, for instance, okay, so in our old house, she grew this like herb slash vegetable slash crap garden in the front of our house. It was my <laughs> and literally, I had six stalks of rosemary that grew to about uh, seven, eight and a half feet I still tall. have, oh, Wow. So uh, what I used to do was cut the rosemary down. It didn't and, matter. I still have the plant. <laughs> I uh, it and brought it with real, me. real quick, just so you folks also know uh, out there, because this works. Uh, I would cut the rosemary down, dry it, hang it upside down in the garage, dry it. And then I would bring it to the uh, farmer's market and I would sell it to one of the guys who were, you know, they were selling their own stuff and I'd sell it to him and he'd turn around and take it and package it up and sell it to his people. So he would wow. literally buy the stalks of rosemary from me and uh, I go up there, trade him for that and I go get something else from him. So you can do that too. It's yeah, also barter. food, food works on a very good barter basis too. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, I, I'm just, again, folks, uh, go check her out. She's at, uh, I'm going to bring your banner back up. It, it's to, fun. Yeah, and you'll testify to that, right? It is fun. It gives you joy. It gives you a sense of accomplishment. Yes. When you I, see that little shoot sprout up, you get so excited. And then the first harvest is off the chart. You know? And and for people that are for people that are listening or watching and, and you it's too cold where you are now, or um you you just don't quite have that full motivation yet. Start start with microgreens or start with sprouts. Yes. Um, yes. you know, just watching that first thing sprouts. Anybody can grow herbs, grow them in your window. Absolutely. But you know, microgreens and sprouts have between yeah. 30 and 300% the nutritional value yeah. of the full grown vegetable. And mm -hmm. I mean, they're so good and you throw them in your salad and it's, I mean, you can just do a, a sprout microgreen salad. Um, I got to start that up again now that we're here too. So you know, the reason I couldn't introduce you to Fred, my farmer, Fred Billings is because he's actually in Montana. He started farm class tonight in Montana. That's he's okay. working at an Indian tribe and he's going to teach them how to convert their property from beef to produce because it's in infinitely uh, more successful financially. Yeah. And I uh, apparently, apparently since the beginning of the pandemic, the American Indian population has died faster than any other what? population. Yeah. Um, per, per, per capita, there have been oh more, more American Indian deaths than anything else for all, all cause cause mortality covid or what you know whatever it is um yeah more american indians have died than anything else and you know they're they're 
I think they're being targeted. That's a whole dif- different podcast, but um, you know, I-, I think we're all being targeted. So, you know, anything, Hey, they, they taught us how to grow food here. If we can return the favor now, that's amazing. So absolutely. Yeah. So, well, either way, go to uh, hearthstone.tv and uh, if you go into the Victory Gardens tab, you can figure out how to do all this stuff at your own house. Yeah. All the educational lessons about growing and gardening and planting and what plants to put together, what plants not to put together. Um, she'll even show you that, hey, gardens require a thing called water. <laughs> and uh, Vlin, she d- doesn't believe in that at all. I do too. Um, Sometimes I she believes water. they get. I have to be careful with the natural water, water sometimes works. Sometimes I, I overwater, especially with the tomatoes. Yeah. And we even have a class on that, our little video where Fred talks about the thing people do is overwater. Yeah. And he shows you how to spray seedlings and all sorts of things. That's hey, if people come to the site, I hope you'll check out some of our inspirational stories like this one behind me. Uh, walk with me. It's um, it's it's pretty amazing. Not because I did it, but because of the the life that these people have lived. There is mm-hmm. wow, pretty awesome. powerful. We'll definitely check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. We appreciate you coming on. Thank man. you so much. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, Sandra. It definitely lived up to my expectations, and I'm, I'm oh, so awesome. Excited. I'm glad we're gonna have to bring thanks you back so, so we yes. can give you updates on our garden. Yes, yes, oh, yes. yes, yes. Have us back on, and we'll we'll compare the bounty. <laughs> Excellent. I think ours is going to suck, though. No, well, <laughs> Compared but, to you, oh, no, no, no. Gonna we, suck. we do have this long, open side yard with this perfect soil. It's it's amazing. It's right next to the pond. It gets tons of sun. I was going to put our citrus trees out there, yeah. um, and I'll probably grow, grow some plants around it. The only problem is that when it, it storms here real bad, because we do tend to get hurricanes, we live on a little island. Um, the pond will flood, and. Uh. And then, you know, the whole thing gets washed out. So that's not only that, we have tons of deer that run through there, but I, I'm waiting to let her, I'm waiting well, for my silencer I to come will, in and then I will let her plant as much as she fine. wants. Cause I'll go sit out in the morning yes, and I'll make the deer, deer disappear. I'm good with that. Okay. Cause uh, I got the freezers too. So anyway, <laughs> all right. Thank you again so much for guys. Time. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. See you next have, time. Have a good night. Bye. Okie doke. So yeah, again, go to Hearthstone TV. Uh, Apparently a lot of you guys like that. Uh, Either way, go to Hearthstone TV and check it out. Uh, You you can check out a bunch of different stuff. Apparently they got some uh, good stories in there and whatnot. Uh, Either way, uh, first, uh, before we get started tonight, quick news. I'm going to generally jump through a couple hoops here, but um, we had a medical procedure done a while back. And finally, I guess somebody finally asked the question, well, what the hell happened? And I uh, got asked that today, a matter of fact. And uh, yeah, um, had a um, bit of a heart issue uh, that was dealt with. Um, and uh, I guess it wasn't really a bit. It was a heart attack, but whatever. Um, it was due to a, a, a malfunctioning valve. I, I I pissed him off and made him like stroke out. He had a heart fart and um yeah. Anyway, uh, had to go get it taken care of. I got it taken care of, but the, the odd part about it was when I went to the doctors first, of course, the VA, if you guys have ever dealt with the VA, you all understand how this shit works, but I, I walked through the door and after I saw the doctor and had to deal with all that crap to go get shit back up to DC where I wanted to get taken care of at because they have all my medical records they are about the only people I trust doing this. And, um, Long story short, the doctor at the VA, as soon as I got done saying everything and he got done telling me what he thought was wrong and then what I wanted to do. And he said, have you ever thought about weed? (laughs) 
<laughs> and I sat there and I was just like, why? And he said, well, you take so much medication anyway. And a lot of it's for the same thing. And what if I could tell you that we can supply you with weed and. And we get rid of you, about half of the other medications that you're on. We can get rid of like, yeah, three quarters of the other medications you're on. Yep. And I was like, okay. My uh, wife's only been I'll, telling me this for 10 years and I wouldn't listen to her. But right. sure, doc. I'll bite. I'm going to trust you over um, her, even though I just met you today. Well, yeah, but this is also legal. The difference is there's <laughs> legal and there's illegal. So anyway, so I was like, all right. Uh, caught. I guess talking about it on live television is a little getting caught, but whatever. Anyway, uh, so I was like, okay. So he gave me my, he gave me a prescription. It took a little while to get all the paperwork through, but he gave me a prescription, went and picked it up. And uh, yeah, I take about, I don't know, a hit and I'm good. Um, like real good. Like good to go to sleep he type. Seriously. Uh, he's a, he's a one hit chump. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I haven't <laughs> smoked weed in 30 something plus know, years. Either way. Me. <laughs> um, and I didn't have half the pain I had. Uh, it was amazing. But I can tell you right now, uh, and this is no bullshit for all those people who thought that weed was just the devil and it's evil. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, no, it's not a B. Uh, you want to talk about pain relief? Holy fucking shit. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you. I did not smoke for like one day. And when I woke up in the morning, all of my joints were fucking swollen like you wouldn't believe, uh, I could barely move my shoulders getting in and out of bed sucked. Um, just moving generally just to start moving sucked. So I'm going to tell you right now that that was the night before. Last, no, 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 no. Yesterday we got into such a huge fight right before Tara, the show. No, 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 no. Uh, edibles, edibles, like they, they didn't do that for me. I do not have that. Well, but I effect gave you, from that. I gave you CBD edibles. I didn't give you THC edibles. That is a difference. The one you uh, can't get you can't get THC edibles from the VA. They either way, flower. I'm just saying right now. I'm just going to tell you right now. And Jay, I am going to grow it. Oh my god! Shut Sorry. up for a second. Yeah, I'm yeah, just going to say that I, I don't care what I've said in the past. Um, I can tell you right now with no bullshit. Everything put aside. Uh, this is not going to stop because this shit, it, I have no pain. I have like, it takes forever for me to hurt during the day. If I smoke the night before, um, I sleep like a baby. I fucking, I have no pain. That's the biggest part is no pain, no joint issues. Uh, I mean, I still have shoulder issues, but that's from actual damage. Um, there's my clavicle still it broke and they didn't know it was broken when I was in the hospital and it healed wrong and it's healed in a backwards facing angle. So it's actually cutting like muscle and ligaments as I'm trying to push any weight or do anything with my shoulders. So my shoulders are fucked, but, um, I'm telling you right now, I do that too. I do the broad spectrum CBD. I do the shit. Justin sent me, uh, the series CBD, uh, matter of fact, I don't my bottle was in here. I don't know what the fuck I did with it. Anyway, uh, I do that too. Um, and it is, it holds me out throughout the day, but I can tell you right now without a shadow of a doubt, uh, the biggest change was when I started smoking the shit and I got to tell you, wow, fucking no pain. Like immediately my body went numb and I went to sleep like a baby. And I tell you what, that fucking thing is amazing. Just saying that's my two cents on me. That is your win for the night, but I too have my own <laughs> no win tonight. Win. 
I have literally been telling you that shit for 17 years, and now I win. So uh, V-Lynn sends me this text message this morning, and I've, I've got I've to read it to you all so that you all understand the I humor. I text message this morning? The humor that was behind this. Um, so she sends me this text message this morning after I sent her about like five of them. Uh, because she, I, her doctors keep calling my phone for some fucking reason. And it's annoying as all shit or get out. Anyway. So, uh, she sent me, um, the great divide podcast with oh, Alan Jacoby. Yes. And I have listened to him in the past. He's from Jersey tough to listen to, but we're, we're going on his network. So either way, Alan got, uh, George Papadopoulos, uh, Papadopoulos mm -hmm. to talking uh, pretty deep about Durham. If you have not listened to the episode, I ask you first to either stop this and go listen to it or pause this or do whatever you're going to fucking do. Spoiler but alert. I'm about to ruin it because he brought up some really good points. Um, and when I talked about uh, the Obama thing on Monday, apparently um, I didn't make it clear enough that all of this stuff is about Obama. There's nothing in here. Don't get me wrong. Hill dog is dirty as they come, but Hillary is literally a fucking tool in a shed. She has nothing else to do with this other than she's a tool. Sparky boy, Mick higher than <laughs> a pilot's lunchbox after two bangs <laughs> off a split. <laughs> Not even dude. I barely took what? a half dude. Uh, one, the dude, first night, the first I pack, night I, pack I could barely fucking stand up. I pack a bubbler for him and that shit lasts like four days. It's hysterical. And then I finally finish it. Cause I'm like, this is going to taste like ass now. So, so either way, uh, I, let me make myself, this is what I talked about on Monday. Okay. If you didn't catch on to what I was laying, the, the shit I was laying down on Monday, Monday, seriously, no bullshit. The whole thing was about Obama. Obama was the fucking, he's, he's the, the he's the mastermind behind all of this, at yeah. least for the States. He is the mastermind behind the States. He fucking, what uh, Papadopoulos says, he completely backs up everything that I said on Monday. He that's why I that was absolutely a win for me. That a, is why I sent it to you. B, he also goes into some more detail about something else that I didn't even hear yet, but he did. And I, I, I don't know how many people caught it. I know you didn't hmm. because you would know exactly what I'm talking about right now is the fact that Papadopoulos said during this podcast that <clears throat> the whole idea of the Durham investigation and currently the whole idea of bringing us uh, Sussy, Sussy Sussman to the stand and have him testify in open court. And if he pleads the fifth, fine, but he's going to have to make a deal for his life. And that's what it's going to boil down to is to get Sussman to flip because they don't just want Hillary. I think he's already flipped on Hillary. What I think I know they want is Obama. Yep. And Durham is going after Obama. Now, if you're not aware and you still believe what I, I said before about the Durham investigation, I sure did. Durham's filed three more charges against Sussman. He's updated his char charges, one charge sheet twice now, and he's filed another charge against him. The first two are all bullshit. That was just smoke and mirrors. And I think they were testing the waters to see what Sussman would do to see if Sussman actually barked and started to make a deal. Cause you've got to remember Sussman is a fucking lawyer. He is fucking really screwed on so many different levels. A, 
he has no job anymore. B, he has no income. C, his family's going to starve and he's going to fucking starve. Oh, and by the way, if you think the libs are going to help him out, get the fuck out of here right now. Everybody is doing their damnedest to distance themselves from Sussman. Without a shadow of a doubt, I already know that's going on. They are pushing themselves the fuck away from him. So apparently there was some motion uh, filed, though, to suppress... I was listening to Tracy Beans talk about it today on uh, yeah, suppress the uh, the Alpha Bank, the Alpha Bank conspiracy theory. If he says anything about it, yeah, it opens the door wide open. It's wide open, even if he alludes to it. Yeah, even if he makes a comment gesture, even if he just brings up only defense, he has no other defense. Even if he brings up uh, what's his name, Yuri, uh, 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 call or Bill's call or whatever the guy was talking about forever in a day. If he brings his name up. That opens the door for Alpha Bank. Yep. And the fact that the the Democrats lied about it. They fought, they spied on Trump. They spied on his White House. They had been spying. This is nothing new. All of that shit comes back into play. But the bigger point of this is that they're going after Obama. So they've already identified the target of their investigation is Obama. That is why I was told what I was told on Friday. So now do you see how all of this shit kind of fits together and understand a free speech platform like losing Twitter. Now you have lost your way of controlling the narrative. The narrative can no longer be controlled by you because now everybody's going to hear it. And by the way, tonight, tonight, we're going to set my fucking Twitter account back up because I want recommendations on what my name should be because I have nothing on there. All right. So Nick got an email saying that his very existence is no longer in violation of Twitter's, Twitter's terms of service. Yes. <laughs> not, not your accounts no longer suspended. No, 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 no. Your existence is no longer in violation. Shotgun shame is fucking hooking a brother up. Thank you, man. That they may take our lives. But they'll never take our freedom! It's you savage fucking wolves. So, Mick has to restart his account. There is that they will now let they will now let him start an account from his particular IP address, which they wouldn't before, because um, his IP address was banned. It wasn't just his handle. Like, oh, he couldn't start another account. Like his IP address was banned, so he has to start over fresh. Which I know his. Nine previous bot followers are going to uh, be. They're going to be pissed. <laughs> they're going to be. Oh, they're going to be crying. So, what should his name be? Yes, what because I have new be? nicknames. So, uh, I oh, I thought I downloaded it. The, the other one, the yes. So, um, and his his true social handle is just fucking ridiculous. So, no, it's not. I think it's hysterical, and everybody else does but too. But it takes forever. It takes forever. I mean, you can make your handle one thing, and your you know your showed name a different. Thing, but whatever. Like mine's VLN Q. It's always VLN Q, but it says the Patriot Party podcast as my name. Um, so uh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Dick Punch. Richard, Richard Punch as your handle. Oh shit. Oh, uh, oh, uh, that came from Tara. Oh no, no that no, came from Sparky, from Sparky Boy. Boy. Fuck yeah. Taking it. It's done. Richard Punch. Richard Punch. <laughs> it's taking it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, the, that is part of the problem there, but moving right along, we'll, we'll get back to this because well, I want, I want everybody, case, because I, I know what my first seven, just hold on. Okay. I know what my first seven tweets are going to be. And, um, it's everything that 
they don't want me to Twitter tweet tweet about. So I've I have said so much shit in the last two days. I'm just gonna drop it all. No one can. So real quick though, um, I don't know if you. I know you all didn't hear it, but let me let me show you what a stupid twat. And that's the only way I can refer to this chick as um, she is a stupid twat. What she said first about uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter, because that's uh, that becomes even more interesting, I think, uh, after she opens her stupid hole, her suck hole, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I'll let so, you all decide. They are so freaking out. About oh, my God. This is hysterical. And oh, by the way, just so you all are aware, too, before you start saying this, no, um, uh, somebody came up the other day, said something to, I think it was Bongino. I think I heard it on Bongino today. And he said, uh, somebody told him, he said, well, why are, why is the left continuing down this road? It doesn't look like they're worried about anything. Truth be told. And I've heard this too. And I have to agree with Bongino on this one because I've heard it from my sources as well. The libs, they are, it's like walking around them right now is like walking through the thinnest sheet of ice All because they are scared to death about what's about to happen in 2022. They are fucking they are freaking the fuck out. Apparently they all tried to leave and go to some other platform only to find that Infowars was the biggest account. Alex Jones was the biggest account on this other platform and they freaked the fuck out there too. Like where are you going to go? Yeah. Right? Where are you going to go? You're going to go to Getter? Or you're going to go to what? Truth social. Yeah, you, you're you're going to go to parlor. You're going to go to parlor. You're going to go to gab. Like we now have all these other platforms because you fucking kicked us off of Twitter. And yeah. Censored us and harassed us. And do, do me a favor. Shut us down. I was like, I was like, do me yeah, a favor. Hey, go? do me a favor. Go back to Facebook. You'll be fine. Yeah. There. Go to Facebook. Have They're fun. not spying on no you too, right? Yeah. Anyway, this stupid twat. They don't want to just be in the club. They are, they, they are on the, you know, they've been described as being on the outside of the culture looking in through the glass. But they don't just want to come in. They want to come in and be able to punch people in the face and walk around and laugh about it and not have anyone be able to stop them. The, the thing is, the, the enjoyment they get out of being in this town square is being able to harass people, being able to attack people. There was a time when people had the double hashtags around their names because they were Jewish and right wingers were saying, get in the oven anytime you made any benign comment on Twitter. They attacked women. The, the, you know, the misogyny was crazy on Twitter for a while. Elon Musk, I guess he, you know, he misses the old South Africa in the 80s. He wants, he wants that back. So, hold on. Shut the shit off. Holy now, shit. I, I, so, yeah. I so, was off Twitter for a long while. My first account got shut down around the same time as, oh, I don't even know. Um, my my first account from like 2012. And I, I hardly ever used it. And then I started using it for like, I think I used it during, you know, 2016. And then I started using it in 2020 and that shit got shut down. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, but I, I, so I was off Twitter for a while, but I don't remember anyone ever saying get in the oven or uh, no, no, the fuck is she talking about? She's an idiot. But anyway, so it gets better because there is some hope and the, you know, we try to bring hope. I think, uh, well, at least Velen does. I might not all the time, but you go, you, sometimes I try they literally call me the mother of the apocalypse. How do you think I like, I, okay, I, maybe, maybe Velen doesn't bring I'm you Josh's any hope counterpart of like death and destruction is coming your way for fuck's sake. So, uh, I do like to smoke the pipe, but not always hopium. In there. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I think that this was, this is hopeful because this okay. is a retort to jo Joy Reid and it, it is quite comical. And giving her fake muscles. Uh, your, your take on Jamel Hill. I totally agree with you. I think that's when her name became most known to me after she made that tweet and she had the you know, stuff to happen for her job because of it. That's when she became known to me. And as you know, uh, she came after me. I got this queued up in the wrong spot. I got to find the spot. Yeah, because you were at it before. I, I know I was because I don't know where the fuck it went. Interesting. It was right there, and then it was gone. Twitter must leave Northern California. No, it's uh back over here. I think. I don't know. Okay, well, while you do that, while you look for that, uh, Twitter workers freaking out over Elon Musk and internal Slack messages. Oh, I, I've got that. You have that one. Yeah, too? I got I got the audio on that because I wanted to play that because that is hysterical too. Uh, no, no, no. The, so these are these are the written. I know you have the audio from Project Veritas. These are written messages that came through um, something called the their Slack app, which is like their basically their sales Salesforce okay. thing. I'm sure their Hold internal that. communications thing. Um, okay. I'm gonna bring Shamika back here. I want to <laughs> ask her one about my Jamel Hill point. And then secondly, about my point about rappers, uh, Shamika, uh, welcome back. Uh, Jamel Hill, to me, has has no, remained relevant. Where the fuck did and, he go and with built the, to follow? To Joy be Reed able part. to do. Because this, this morning just in, is absolutely hysterical. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, mistake. you have got to be I'm sorry, kidding me. To be is to be able to. That she just said this doesn't like the biblical founding HR compliance. It, come on, man. <laughs> Overrated on uh, Kyrie Irving with Uncle Jimmy, but uh, I'm trying to happen with them changing scripture. So I just want to throw that out there. That's my. I, I got to find it again. I, sorry, right. folks. I apologize, but okay. So then she go, went on a, back to that. She went on a tear though, and it was absolutely hysterical. I'm hope I'm hoping there it is. Here we go. All right. Before I go further, I want to bring Shamika in because I got other things I want to get to. And I, I don't want to have to have Shamika unpack everything at this, one time. This is it. Uh, Shamika, I, I, I just I want to start with Sean King and how long he's been allowed to get away with this gimmick and grift. Uh he, Who the fuck is Sean King? He deactivated his count yesterday. Then he's reactivated it again today. Uh, after you know, because he got trashed all over Twitter. Do, do do we think Sean King's reign of terror and that grift is it over? Is it coming to an end? Do black people still take this white man seriously? I don't think black people really take. NBC pays her a nice check to play the role that she does as well but I, I i'm i'm sitting here this is a harvard educated ivy league woman that's sitting on tv trying to act like she's a round the way girl uh from the other from the other side of the tracks uh trying to sell this anti-elon musk deal it, it is this joy reed and other black leftists that i run into are why i'm so suspicious of the Ivy League education system. 
I, I, I think they they pluck a handful of unqualified black people, bring them onto their campuses, make them feel like, hey, I'm doing you a favor. And uh, the rest of their lives, people like Joy Reid feel indebted to the white liberal and they'll dance and do whatever they're told to do. Uh, Joy Reid's sister girl act is an epic fail from the terrible weeds that she wears. And listen, as a black woman, I understand that it's, it's, it's difficult. My hair is natural. I find it easier to just wear braids because I can easily get them together before I have to come on camera. So I understand. But her sister girl act as if she is just down and so, you know, hood is an epic fail. I don't understand how they allow her to spew such racist hatred every day on M MSNBC. I don't even understand how those words get past her neck that looks like a pack of hot dogs. Listen, if Joy was so <laughs> in tune to the black community, she would know even trying to push Elon Musk as a racist is not going to go over well. You need to then talk to all the black rappers who have Tesla in their songs. That's all they ride around in town with, you know, the drug dealers and the, the rappers or successful black men. Tesla is like the I have made it. So now you want us to believe that I have made it came from a racist simply because you don't want free speech on a platform because this is really what this is about. Now you want to try to paint him as a racist, a racist when black men love his product and have for a very long time. So Joy, your sister girl is really out of touch. It's not working. It's so yeah, wow. there you go. There's the response. Awesome. And that was epic. I, I just holy I could not shit. stop laughing laughing when I heard that today. I was oh, like, I got holy say, shit. I think the middle roll on Joy Reed's neck looks more like a sausage than a hot dog. I'm with her on the rest of the pack of hot dogs, but that middle one definitely like may, maybe one of the big bun hot dogs definitely maybe possibly material. that was pretty good though she oh, was on shit. it she fucking busted her ass that out was i was like awesome. wow and, and it's it's refreshing it's so refreshing we to hear that coming yeah i know we we would be labeled racist and we'd be, be banned we'd be burned at the stake like actual uh, it's not the racist like we're labeled now just for being white it's almost refreshing, though, to see a black woman who just lashes back out at Call Joy Reid for being a fucking idiot. Yeah. And what she's saying is, and it was so funny to see her, you know, she, uh, and I know, hot dog. <laughs> I, I know a fucking, a Bongino blowjob. I get it. Whatever. <laughs> Long story short, if you actually listen today, you heard her, she actually put a uh, clip it was or they put a montage of clips of joy reed talking about how twitter's great how the money and everything that twitter's putting out for everybody else is great 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 elon musk buys it and now this is why billionaires are trying to take over america that's it it's the end of the world what the fuck it's the end of the world uh, what a fucking douchebag she's well, still an idiot apparently that the uh the twitter people the people that worked at Twitter and I say worked because apparently Elon is slashing payroll like nothing else like that's got more fluff than anyway um so uh so they were using this they're using this internal communication platform that Elon can see it's not private no 
So there, they, this is some of the things I said. Physically cringing watching Elon talk about free speech, a site reliability engineer who identifies as a non-binary transgender and plural person wrote. Uh-huh. I don't know how you're two people unless uh, you got another one sitting there on your back somewhere, one growing off your back. Conjoined twins. Back. I don't know. Uh, we're all going through the five stages of grief and cycles and everyone's nerves are frazzled. Uh, wrote a senior staff software engineer who called Musk an asshole and tried to console his colleagues. We're all spinning our wheels and coming up with worst case scenarios. Trump returns, no more moderation. The fact is that Musk has not talked about what he's planning on doing in any detail outside of broad sweeping statements that could be easily seen as hyperbolic showboating. And then he, I think he got fired. Um, well, yeah, they all did. Just in case you're not aware, uh, the whole board has been released yep. uh, from Twitter. Oh, they can stay on, but they, they won't collect the salary. Yeah, as long as they volunteer their time. Yeah. Um, and Musk put it out very bluntly. He said, well, uh, because he was watching this yeah. and the released audio that we will play here shortly, oh, yeah. uh, which is hysterical. Um, this is another example of, again, they're trying to control the narrative. They didn't control it before. Well, they did before, but now they've lost complete control of it. Um, Facebook is fucking going down like Tanking. a like a fat girl on the titanic yep um you have so many <laughs> what i was just gonna say the titanic which you had the fat girl that's oh okay anyway um but all i have to say is drunk wives matter <laughs> facebook is fucking hitting the bottom uh, it's over uh for facebook i'm pretty sure i mean Twitter's done. Truth is doing way better. And everybody uh, was just the other day. I could play you the political playbook if you'd like, but I figured you all didn't want me to do that to no, you. Thank you. That being said, um, fucking Twitter, but they have a whole thing where they mixed all mi mixed and mash everything these people have said about Twitter and about how bad Twitter or how good Twitter is. And then they started playing the last couple of days and it was hysterical to see the difference between the two. Absolutely. But this is just them losing control of their ability to put the fucking narrative out there the way they want to. They can't do that anymore. So now the truth is going to be out there. It's funny that within three months of truth social going live, Twitter is bought by Elon Musk about another platform where freedom of speech can be brought forward. And now all of a sudden the liberals fucking hate Twitter. What do you know? That's okay. That's okay. You know what? They can just build their own platform. I, I just, I, they can I, just build their own new platform. I, I, I don't know, but you know what? The news media is still trying to blow smoke up their asses, like yeah, trying to calm them down. They're like, no, no, it's okay. Because Elon could still not buy Twitter if someone else bids more. Oh, oh, that was a great point. Thank you for bringing me to that point. Who the fuck is going to bid more than $44 billion when it's not even worth okay. that much? Well, first of all, the deal's done. It is. It it's is. signed in gold. It's, it's done, done. It's right? done. Someone so, could come in and offer $100 billion today and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't, ha it wouldn't matter because it's already a private it's, company. It's signed. He's already it. removed people. So, He's already started yeah. uh, cleaning house. Anyway, there is another article. Uh, actually, no, there's another, I have another clip. This is really interesting. I think you're all going to enjoy this clip if I can find it. How about this one? Uh, Laura Gomez, who used to lead localization for Twitter, tweeted, a Musk-owned Twitter is one of the greatest threats to the 2022 and 2024 elections. We're all fucked if this happens. 
Really? Because you can't, what, uh, get rid of all of the candidates and suppress their reach and not let their their word get out at all? That's why you're fucked in 2022 and 2024? Yeah, yeah, you are. Sorry. And uh, Jay said, uh, I don't trust Elon. I've been watching him for a long time. Tara agreed. I don't either. And honestly, I don't either. Uh, Jay Lefts is a great AI hive web for his neural link brain chip. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm on the fence about Elon. Actually, our kid asked me that today. I, I don't know Elon, so I can't say either yep. way. I have never seen him do anything that I would call completely uh, other than the chip and everything else. I mean, yeah, there's that shit. I, I don't like that about him. But so far, when it comes to the free speech thing, he seems to be pretty fucking. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's right there. He's in your face. He's like, look, I don't give a shit. It's not free speech. We need to make it free. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm I'm on the fence about it, but I we'll see what happens. How's with, that? I'm withholding judgment. So, I uh I don't I don't trust him, but I'll I'll go along with it until so, he proves me otherwise. This is my win number 2 for the night. Um <laughs> as it as it has become known now. I mean, because this is pretty right on the money. I I said this too. Elon Musk's Twitter takeover complete. The deal, of course, will be fully done sometime this year. But after days of waiting, I mean, it wasn't even months. It was literally days of waiting, hand wringing, little bit of wrangling here. Tesla CEO Elon Musk will buy Twitter for $54.20 a share or $44 billion in a deal that will take the popular microblogging service private because he feels not quite popular enough that it hasn't been gaining users and it has not made the kind of money that Elon Musk feels it could make. So that purchase price actually represents about a 38% premium to Twitter's closing price back on April 1st. That was the last trading day before Elon Musk disclosed his approximately 9% and Hold on a second. I got to find this one too because I, I didn't bring it up originally because I didn't know if we were going to have the time. But I want you to listen to what uh, good old Charlie Gasparino has to say here because this is very interesting. And there's something that he says that really stuck out in my mind. One of the companies that he talks about that he's been on the phone with. You're going to hear this company. And... Um, I, I'm pretty sure I never said this part because that would kind of tell you exactly where I got the information. But one of the companies that he, he directly talks about in here, I happen to know, and I also happen to know somebody else who's involved in that. Those names that popped up about private equity, putting equity into this. What was it? Rio Bravo? Remember that one? Uh, no, nowhere to be found because they, they weren't going to do it. I, I, that, that was, I think, a false rumor when that popped. Because this makes no sense from a private equity standpoint. The only legitimate buyer for for twitter based on its uh, financial metrics based on the fact that everybody passed is is a, a crazy billionaire to be honest with you some guy that wants to take a take a leap and, and make it private fix its manifold problems everything from silencing conservative critics to uh to, to make it a more user-friendly get rid of the bots and the, and the trolls all that stuff the only way you can really do that and take some chances is as a private company the best person voice to do that is a warren buffett or an elon musk this isn't buffett's cup of tea as you know is uh but it is musk and you know here's why i think you know I'm, I'm reading these breathless headlines this morning in the wall street journal that you know in a major 180 there was no major 180 here 
The board of directors sat down and Twitter and, and their bankers at Goldman Sachs. Well, they did have a poison JP pill Moore. that they put into effect, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they didn't that. like the care. initial I deal. I, I don't care. I don't care. They were doing that just to try to get him to up the bid. But here's the bottom line. And, and by some time, maybe, maybe out of the goodness of Warren Buffett's heart, he might, because they don't like Elon, that he might, uh, a lefty like Warren would, would jump in. Okay, so did everybody hear the business he started talking out about? The equity firm? Yes, the private equity firm. Yeah. Okay. Did you, did you hear what the name of the business was? I, Rio Bravo. Yeah. Do me a favor. Go on your phone right now and find out one of the primary shareholders of Rio, who one of the primary shareholders of Rio Bravo is. I think you'll be interested to know that um, I can just tell you if you want. I've already done it. I already did the, the legwork on this just to prove myself right. Well, I'm guessing it's Trump. Yes. So essentially what Elon Musk just did here, because he had to get a private equity firm to back him cash wise. So who are you going to reach out to that knows that, Hey, look, we're, we can really fucking stick it to the libs. If we do this, you've been saying Trump the entire time. And who did he reach out to? The Trump. only other billionaire that he knows that also hates the libs as much as he does and who else is now involved in Twitter? Yes, he is not an open source about it. No, nope, he's a silent partner. He, he's, he's through it as a silent partner, but he is involved. And man, I could have sworn I said something like you that did not say too that. long ago. Yeah, you sure did. So it just goes to show you that this is not all bullshit. You do not waste your time when you come here, folks. We do know a couple people who know a couple people who know a couple people who talk to a couple people, and That's they amazing. were brothers of brothers of uncles and stuff in college Whatever. and all that bullshit. But this Twitter thing is hysterical it because really right now what they're doing is, you know, that scab that's on your hand and you pick it off because it itches or whatever, and it starts to bleed. That's what this just did at a fucking massive level. This just like ripped off a whole piece of tape off a dude's nutsack and oh, no, no prep, no lube, no nothing. You just had that piece of tape you with that hot wax just ripped right off the side of your nut. Harry balls too. That doesn't feel very good. No. Let me tell you something. And let me tell you another thing. That's what just happened here to the liberals because Twitter, this Twitter thing, although I think it's a big distraction. Ladies, if you ever get pissed off at your husband, don't tell him, just convince him to let you wax his hairy balls. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. God. Holy <laughs> shit. He will be crying by the time the <laughs> night's done. But either way, this whole Twitter thing is covered for something else. I'm sure. Absolutely. But it's so funny because this is like, we're getting a little, uh, I, I, I don't want to say revenge, but it is revenge. Yeah. We're getting fucking revenge on this. And I I'm enjoying the, fuck out of this. I think this is great. I'm having so much fun with this. I've seen the, uh, the memes, the, the memes have been meltdowns. off the fucking hook. And honestly, okay. So the NPC memes, they're like, um, I saw one today. It was hysterical. You know, the NPC got the great guy, yeah. you know, that like I followed to whatever the current thing is right No, It's like one guy's like, Oh, Tesla, take my money, electric car. I love it. And then he's like, Elon Musk, where did you get all this money? <laughs> <laughs> so this is what was going on behind the scenes there at Twitter's Max, Max Exodus. Uh, so it were, they had a mandatory uh, 
town hall meeting on April 25th, 2022, Project Veritas got the audio from inside the uh, arena where they were doing this. This is absolutely... Which means they have someone on the inside working at Twitter who heard this phone call and emailed them or sent it wasn't it a phone call. Or, this was a meeting like a zoom meeting. No, this oh. was a town hall meeting that all the employees required to go to. He turned on his cell phone and started recording it. Huh? I thought I, I didn't think it works in the bill. I thought they were all still working from home. Uh, I don't know. I, I think this was a mandatory in-person town hall type meeting. Interesting. Because obviously it's the buying of the company. You're losing your job, that type of shit. Yeah. They've anyway. been freaking out about that too, because, oh my God, they can't actually be around people. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't be around you. I got to put my mask on. Oh shit. Jesus Christ. Masks, please. How do the board and Mr. Musk plan on dealing with a mass exodus, considering the acquisition is by a person with questionable ethics? The question of attrition um, you know, as Parag stated, you know, uh, one of the themes of today is continuity um, and ensuring that Parag and this leadership team continues to operate the business successfully on behalf of our users, on behalf of our customers. Um, and that has obviously been a big topic of discussion at the board. And as I mentioned, an area that uh, is important to Elon Musk as well, because of the importance of Twitter as a service. With no board in place, who will keep Elon accountable and how? Elon made it clear in public that a large part of the reason he bought the platform was because of our moderation policies and disagreements in how we deal with health. This puts Twitter service and trust and safety, as well as anybody who cares about health on the platform, in a very difficult position. Twitter service, the role of our policies, and the capabilities we've built around content moderation are fundamental to keeping Twitter Okay, real quick, folks. Take a note of this guy, Prag Agarwal. He is in charge of the reason that you were kicked off of Twitter if you were kicked off. I think he I was kicked fired. off. And uh, oh, that's right. He did. He did get fired already. Yep. So he's gone. But if you see him in public, um, I think he deserves a little hate speech or a little anger. Um, I um, think he's probably going to have to go back to India because he lost his job at Twitter. So he probably doesn't have a work visa anymore. Oh, that's a good point. Just saying. Good point. Because uh. I. It's a rough one. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, but honestly, because my old company used to bring over a lot of interns. You remember this? They brought yep. them over as interns and then they kept them on its work and on work visas and they, you know, promoted them up to managers. And then the next thing you know, they're running hotels because they work for half as much as anyone else. And if they lose their job, they're fucked. They've got to go back to their home country. Unless, yep. unless they marry an American and get a green card, um, they're pretty much screwed. So I don't know. Unless this dude's got a, a an American wife, he might be screwed. Just saying. <laughs> On uh, pilled joint Djokovic 007, did Musk use a water cannon with yellow paint to let them know that they were fired? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right, keep playing this. That's that's, that's a good one. That is fucking hysterical. Safe and growing. I believe that there is a lot of work we have to do to continue making that better. Sometimes that means more thoughtful moderation. Sometimes that means making things simpler. Sometimes that means changing product incentives to be able to solve problems through products sometimes instead of policies. During the last All Hands, you said that you trust Elon Musk. The correct quote was, we trust him. So who is we and talking to Elon, what made you trust him? And based on the conversation I had with him uh, when we were excited to have him join our board, that was because 
as a major shareholder, an opinionated user, we wanted that voice in our boardroom so that we could learn. Is there an updated understanding on what free speech means? The question behind the question here, which is where might Twitter's product go as a private company in the future once this deal closes? To best gain perspective on this, as I said earlier, we'll find ways to bring Elon for a Q&A with all of you to understand better what his vision for the future of Twitter might look like. So uh, that was uh, Samir uh, uh, Naga Naga not going to work here anymore because he's gone and he is gone and literally he's fucking gone. He, as of today, he is he's gone. So it doesn't matter because he, he's not going to he's not going to work here anymore. It's all good. Did uh, you just make an office space reference? I most certainly did, and <laughs> I'm I'm actually fucking shocked that you just caught that. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, yeah, I, you just made me watch it the other day. How could I not catch it? Uh, it just uh, like ninety percent oh, of my God. quotes are from Office Space. Office Space. Um, play the second clip because that actually is that that pertains sort of to Twitter and to Durham and that we were talking about. So actually, I want to say it was uh, either Cernovich or maybe um, Poso who tweeted this at Elon Musk because this dude was actually is Twitter's head lawyer, but he used to be the FBI's head lawyer when this whole Russia collusion thing was going down. And in this in particular, he's talking about how you get a FISA warrant. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so I believe, uh, I think, I think it was Poso um, tweeted this at, at Elon and was like, uh, you, you know, this is, this is the dude that's working for you, right? Like this is some shady shit here. So, alrighty, yeah, play that. Oh, well, hold right. on. I got to get out of studio mode. Okay, there we go. Lawyers that handle these applications think about: Do I really need to put this person's information in? This person's name in? I'm sorry. Do I need to add this identity? Do I need to have every one of those details? I mean, these things are already quite long, and so it's a you know, look, it's an art, not a science. It's an art, not a science. Uh, play play it again. I'm going to have to. Yeah, play it again. I think it's an art, not a science. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's not only really. I've seconds. applied. Lawyers for that handle these applications think about, do I really need to put this person's information in, this person's name in? I'm sorry. Do I need to add this identity? Do I need to have every one of those details? I mean, these things are already quite long. And so it's, a you know, look, it's an art, not a science. Wow. These things are already um, quite long. No, 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 no. Do no, I no. need to put these details in? These that's, things are already quite long. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Apparently it is uh, in the FBI during the Russia Kalusia investigation when they were going for FISA warrants to spy on the fucking president of the, of United, the United States. States. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right? Um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, there's, there's still... I, there's some shady shit going on and I think Durham is going to be bringing out more and more and more. Um, but that shows you how it's, you know, they're all interconnected. So he left the, the FBI and he goes to work for Twitter. He left after being the lawyer for the FBI um, during this Russia collusion hoax. And then he went to work for Twitter. I guess so. Hmm. You'll have that on the big job. Just seems a little, um, I don't know. It's like, you know, when, when they, they leave Pfizer and go work for the FDA and then leave the FDA and go work for Pfizer, you know, 
True. Just and like Sparky Boy said, art would imply creative uh, filling of the FISA. Yes. yes. And exactly. that would, would mean you lied. Yes. Or you were not telling the complete truth. Yes. Just saying. Yes. They well, you know, we lie. They so lie all anyway, the time. Uh, we're going to end with a little bit of humor. Uh, this is pretty funny because, um, you know. Well, we're not quite we're not and we're not quite ending yet. We're we've, we've still got a little bit. We still have like 20 minutes, at least 15 before you have to play the ending song. Oh, my God. I know. Are you going to you're going to make me go change this again? I am. God I am. Because I actually um, we started oh, out shit. with. Well, uh, I just lost that. So. Okay, I'll send it back to you. Um, it's it should still be in the uh, folder. No, it is. Um, so we started out obviously tonight's episode talking about food um, and growing your own food and the reason why it's so important. And I know she talked a lot about what's going on overseas, but it's coming here. If you don't think that it's it's not coming here, you're you're crazy. Um, trust me, it it is coming here. Um, do you remember uh, Majid Nawaz? He did that huge podcast on Joe Rogan like that everyone was talking about sure. he he was that like he was a reformed a lot islamic terrorist basically okay remember him I, I'll, right? I'll bite I'll play anyway so when he was on Rogan's podcast some months ago he he forecasted the war with Russia um and he he basically said let me see um he said there'll be another emergency whether it's war with Russia which is already being played up whether it's to crash the economy Putin controls Europe's gas supply there's a war with Ukraine. He cuts off the gas supply. There's a Nord Stream 2 pipeline that services Germany, but also other European countries are dependent on Russian gas. So if he shuts up the gas, you end up with food shortages. If there's riots because people are hungry, that's a perfect pretext to bring in more draconian power to control society. And people will want it because nobody wants to live with riots. Um, so, yeah, Biden said food shortages are going to be real. Play the Pisaki, Piznasi one there too. That that right. should be the next one. Um and, uh, you know, so he did this on his Substack. It's very long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. He goes into the causes of global famine. I mean, he basically lays out how, what we've been saying, how this is all planned. Um, the, the food plants that have been burned down or random planes have been crashing into them, like 19 of them, Yeah, a dozen in just the past is that couple not of weeks. Weird? Uh, that's, that's not, there are no coincidences. That is planned. They are planning for food shortages here in America. Um, They're almost this, trying to make it happen. They they are trying to make it happen. And you remember when I told you to, um, someone has, uh, remember when I was joking the other day that they had, they'd done the recall on like Kinder chocolate. And I was like, oh, someone down in the dumps really likes Kinder chocolate. You remember that? Yeah. Right. And because they, they keep recalling all these foods that there apparently are no issues with. They're like, oh, we found something wrong. Well, here we go. 60 tons of beef have been recalled because they may be contaminated with E. coli. Um, so apparently they, they did some random test on this little bit of beef. Um, so number 46841 inside the USDA mark, mark of inspection. These were shipped to retail locations worldwide. There have been no confirmed reports of illnesses or adverse reactions due to consumption of these products. But regardless, they're, they they may have been contaminated with E. coli, so they were calling sixty tons of ground beef. I'm calling bullshit on that. That's going into some gigantic commercial freezer in the dumps. Possibly, I'm saying. Um, or they're doing it to create a food or shortage. I, I mean, both, right? They're they're doing it to create a food shortage, but then they're taking that food and they're hoarding it for themselves. Yeah. So, um, and here's Piznazi pretty much saying just that. 
well, that they'll, they, they won't be very long. You'll see. We are not expecting a food shortage here at home, uh, but we are acting to bolster food security around the globe, both unilaterally and in conjunction with allies and partners. So we're not expecting a food shortage here at, at home, but we're bolstering food production around the world or food security around the world. Because uh, remember what Sandra said, and she's right. China owns 60% of the world's current food supply. Now, mind you, they do have, no, actually, I think India has more people than they do, don't they? I think so. Yeah. But um, regardless, yeah. Uh, anyway, so food shortages are coming. And if that's not bad enough, they're still trying to divide us. So I talked about the story um, briefly last night, but uh, but but here you go. Here it is, um, them causing more division because, you know, that's, that's what they what do. They do. In health news this noon, people who choose to remain unvaccinated may pose a threat to other vaccinated people around them. That's according to researchers in Canada who found COVID infections substantially increased when the groups mixed, even in cases where vaccination rates were high. While vitamin D could help reduce the risk of breast cancer among women of color, the study in the journal Cancer showed Hispanic women were 48% less likely to develop the condition if they had sufficient vitamin D levels, while African-American women had an 11% lower rate. Well, getting a third dose of a different COVID-19 vaccine may not be a bad idea. In a study of Chile's national vaccine program, mixing and matching booster shots offered better protection from the severe disease and death. They're literally and trying to kill people. Shit. Yeah. You. So if you mix, if you're, if you're vaccinated and you mix with the unvaccinated, you're going to die. Okay. You should take vitamin D, but only for breast cancer, nothing about, and there have been plenty of studies now that shows that vitamin D significantly well. reduces your risk of even contracting COVID. Or if you do get COVID, then any of the symptoms you get from it, but no, 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 that's not what the vitamin D thing's about. No, 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 no. Just take that because you, you may have some reduction of the risk of breast cancer. Um, but no, no mix up your booster shots. Cause you're not dying fast enough. Yeah. Because that's going to help you out so much. Yeah. Whatever. Shut the yeah. Fucking read. Yes. This is still what's they're still trying to divide us. This, it, you know, it, it really is. And, um, I got, I got so many new followers on Twitter yesterday it, it, and today it's been amazing. I mean, just fantastic. I love it. Uh, but there was one person and like, I saw a Patriot train for the first time in, I don't even a year on Twitter. Who the fuck is that? Uh, like where people are like, oh, you know, follow, follow, join this train to get new followers oh, kind oh. of a thing, a, a Patriot train. Right. So one guy jumped in there and, um, and he was uh, obviously not a Patriot because he like posted a picture of, uh, Putin with his hand up Trump's ass and Trump like sitting like a baby. Right. Um, anyway, and I followed him and he said, uh, he said, why would you ever follow me? I can't stand MAGA and, and you, you, you know, whatever, uh, you crazy Patriot people. And, um, and I said, you know, because I like to hear all sides. I don't want to be in an echo chamber. Um, I, I don't have any hate in my heart as unfortunately you seem to. And he said, no, I don't have hate in my heart. I'm actually, and we got into a good conversation. He said, uh, he said, I just got not, he's like, I got 
I felt nauseated because I was so, all I saw on my Twitter feed all the time was just MAGA, 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 you know, and he's Canadian, Patriot, Patriot, MAGA, MAGA, you know, take back our country, this, that, and the other. And I'm sure he was getting the, the line from the liberals. And I was like, oh, I understand because that's how I felt for the last year and a half with all this COVID bullshit, you know, jab bullshit being shoved down my throat. I got nauseous every time I saw, every time I turned on the TV and it's a commercial about injecting your children. Yeah, that made me nauseous. I totally get it. You can actually have a conversation with someone on the other side. You can find common ground. You don't have to let them divide us. There doesn't have to be so much hate all the time. We can get along. We do have common ground. It's the elites that are trying to divide us. It's the elites that are focusing on our differences and highlighting what we should hate about each other instead of letting us talk to each other and realize that we're not that different. So that's my rant. I'm done. Sure. Great. And I do have hate in my heart. Uh, you can't do some of the shit I've done without having a little bit of hate in your heart. And I've got a lot, so I'll share it if you want some. I have plenty I'm of love about, for both of us. I'm all it's about all sharing. Sharing is caring. It is true. Oh, Mr. Cruz, what did you have? Oh, to say this was today? great. Supremacist. Senator, my general understanding is that a white supremacist is someone who hates people simply based on the color of their skin. Okay, your current employer has labeled three members of this committee, myself, Senator Hawley, and Senator Blackburn, as white supremacists. Do you agree with that characterization? Senator, I have never referred to you or any member of this. Has the Southern Poverty, Poverty Law Center done so? I'm not familiar with the exhaustive list of policymakers that might have been researched and profiled by another department within the organization. That how right. many members? Uh, uh, watch this. I'm going to stop this and turn that <laughs> shit off because I tell you right now, I don't give a fuck about the fact that you're fucking investigating the Southern Law Poverty Center and no, you're no, 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 no. not investigating no, fucking... No, 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 She's out of the the Southern Law Poverty Center and she's being um, confirmed as a judge, as a new judge. I, I don't care. And I that's that's why care. Senator Cruz was asking her um, because the organization that she previously worked for labeled them as white supremacists. So why should they nominate her to be a judge if the company that she previously represented called them white supremacists? I, I'm not disagreeing, but I, I just, I, I can't, that I just can't, I just, whatever. I'm not going to sit there and listen to that. There's so many other things they could be investigating. The 2020 election right now, there's so many other fucking things they could be doing. Do you know that the Senate and the House has been on a recess for the last week? I know, uh, that, but again, that's not an investigation. This that's is their it. first uh, day confirmation back in, hearing. In, in, at work. This when did you all go hearing. back to work? I went back to work the day after Easter. Why the fuck did they get four extra days? Anybody? Uh, Jim? They only work Jim? like, what, 12 weeks out of the year or some stupid bullshit like that? Who knows? I, I, think, I think before they do anything, they should have to go to work just like the rest of us. Yeah. Until that time happens, you're, you're not allowed to work there. You're not allowed to be there. Well, you have to go to work every day. I, I will say, and someone presented uh, the idea of a bill of and something that we've spoken out about a lot is uh, a maximum age requirement for Congress. Yep. And they, they wanted to cap it at 70, right? Which is mind you uh, five years past the normal retirement age and like uh, 15, 20 years past the government retirement age. 
Cause if you join at 18, you're, you know, you're out in 20. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it was like something like 75% of Congress would have to retire. Good. If they put the maximum age limit at Good. 70. Yeah, exactly. I'm done with both sides. But I don't care. Democrat or Republican. I don't give a shit. Three quarters of the people that supposedly represent us actually represent our parents or our grandparents who are dead. No shit. I, I just, I, I'm done with it. But yeah. uh, in other news, it was kind of funny because Merrick Garland was up on the Hill testifying today and Merrick Garland had to admit that, hey, look, if we take away uh, 42 or whatever the uh, executive order. Yeah, 42, Title 42. Title 42. Um, there's going to be a massive influx of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mayorkas was it. up there, too. And they were, he was he's he had to admit it. Too. It's funny. Oh, I think uh, to answer the other part of your question, I think all intelligence suggests that there will be a, a large increase in the border. Okay. Yes. Uh, there it is. Yes. There so will there be. you go. Of course, there uh, no will be. shit. They're there literally will be. You're on the literally other side of the waiting for. You're yeah. literally waving people through our border. Get yep. the fuck out of here. Of course, of course, there's gonna be fucking shit. Are you crazy? So who's up tomorrow night? Who do we got tomorrow night? Uh, actually, unfortunately, our guest tomorrow night uh, had a family emergency and had to cancel. So we will reschedule him for an, another time. Um, so tomorrow you're up. Yeah. You with your uh, building Faraday, Faraday cages. cages. Faraday cages. Yes. So, because it's prepping week at the Patriot Party podcast. So, tomorrow is Faraday cages. Today was learning how to grow your own food. Grow your own food. And yep. a place where you're, a, a place that you can go and check out and see, see if you can learn how, something. How to grow your own. And yep. on, I mean, honestly, it, Mick learned how to install garage doors by watching YouTube videos. You can pretty much do everything. You by can watching. learn how to stick a seed in a pot with some dirt and put some water on it. I mean, you don't even need to watch a YouTube video for that. Yeah, shit. We just told you how to do it. Yeah. Now, you probably do want to research like what plants you should start when because some are winter plants and some are summer plants as we were talking about. But you you really, you can do it. It's really easy. I promise. It's it's too simple. All right. Uh, anyway, real quick. To, the to humor. end out the night for humor because this is just freaking hysterical. So this is... um, I Just let Ca it go. Cassidy, just let it go. Whatever his name. I want to talk about a very important problem in our community, and that's transphobia. Most people think that transgender people are someone who decides to transition from a male into a female or from a female into a male. But in fact, there are over 57 different genders, and one of those genders is no gender or gender non-binary or agender. And these are people who don't identify as a man or a woman, but use the pronouns they and them instead of he and she. And Demi Lovato, the, the pop singer, as well as Sam Smith have come out as gender non-binary. All of the, the cool people are doing it. And so my wife spends a lot of time on Twitter and TikTok. And last year we adopted a two-year-old boy from Zimbabwe. And after she found this article on NBC News, this is not some fake news website, this is NBC News, about how cool these parents are that are raising their children as gender non-binary. And instead of calling them babies, they're babies. They're using the pronouns they and them for the children. We decided to transition Timmy into a gender non-binary child, but Timmy was still a, a boy's name, so we changed the child's name to Baphomet after the hermaphroditic god that the inner circle of the Knights Templar worshipped. And that's when the problems started. The child care workers at the daycare center were uncomfortable with our decision. What do you mean, Timmy's not a boy or a girl? And I said, well, didn't you know that gender is just a social construct? World-renowned psychologist John Money said that anybody can be any gender that they want to or no gender. 
In fact, several years ago now, Facebook updated their gender options from just the old-fashioned antiquated man or woman to 58 different gender identities. You can look this up on ABC News. And I'm tired of being treated like this. I'm not being unreasonable here. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. That was fucking hysterical. <laughs> That's Mark Dicio. He and Alex Steiner competing for best troll. And that one's fucking awesome. That, that is hysterical. Wow. <laughs> I love how he pulls actually like, this isn't fake news. This is from NBC. Well, that's because he you has to. You can find this on ABC. I know. But it's true because I remember seeing that story. I think we might have talked about it. But actually. watching the faces in the background was hysterical. That was, that was <laughs> The dude with the long neck. <laughs> that was good. All right. Baphomet. Baphomet. I'm going to name my kid Baphomet. That's my right next there. dog's name. You Baphomet. knew that was the troll. What he said, he named his kid Baphomet. Yeah. That's the fucking troll. All right. All right. So either way, uh, oh. thank you for everybody out on Pilled for uh, checking us out. Everybody here, obviously, on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, Rumble. Uh, Rumble peeps. I know you guys don't get a whole lot of shouts because uh christ uh we got a lot of people in rumble tonight and I, I know you guys were i know you guys are watching so i'm not worried about it uh we always catch your comments and it's always after the fact uh but they are some of them are still spot on and uh quite comical i can say that yeah without uh, with a good seriousness there uh either way uh we will be back tomorrow night 6 p.m eastern standard time uh you're gonna learn how to make your own faraday cage uh and some other tricks i learned uh along the way about other stuff so Check it out. Uh, I hope you learned something tonight. That's kind of the object of this week, and that's kind of what we're doing. So uh, let us know. Uh, reach out to us again. Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, you, can, you can email us at mcvlin uh, at gmail for right now until... Uh, or you can also email us at uh, patriotpartypod at protonmail. Which I don't have access to, and I'm sure vlin's just so fucking happy about that. I am, actually. Um, and... Uh, Real quick, uh, speaking of Rumble, yesterday, uh, Just Natalie Forever posted on our Rumble, said, hello, I really wanted to share a podcast I heard today, just this episode. It's very interesting. This is Dr. Saeed. I listen to you guys every day at work. I'm new to your podcast or any for that matter. I wake up early in the morning, but I stay up, so please message me anytime. I join this platform just to get in touch with you guys. So I did reply on on Rumble. Um, so you can email us, Natalie. Uh, we Really appreciate listening and uh, welcome to the show. Um, and uh, if you want to share the podcast on Rumble, um, on the the just below the play bar, uh, there's on the bottom right hand side, there's a little thing that says share with an up arrow, and you can share it to your social media platforms. So, because yeah, Doctor Say killed it. So, so either way, uh, even with the troll in the room too. Oh yeah, and, no, that was awesome. That was hysterically funny. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. we. I was I was rereading the the the. Uh, Chat, chat that was going on because it was quite comical because <laughs> yeah, i had to go back to reread it because i can't keep up with you savages and you guys destroyed <laughs> that dude and it was hysterical yeah. i was laughing pretty hard so either way all right uh for the mick and we will talk to y'all later yeah see you tomorrow night thanks for watching